And welcome into Hoopsville, everybody. Our season debut for the 2014-15 season. I am your host, Dave McHugh, and we are back once again on the air for yet another exciting season of Division Three basketball. Thanks for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. Hope you uh, will enjoy the new season in a slightly refangled uh, studio. The setup we have behind us is still in the works. We had to rebuild our studios over the season, or off-season, we should say, uh, due to a bit of a water problem. <laughs> uh, laugh a little bit about it, but we lost a, a water pipe that flooded the office, and we had to rebuild. As a result, blessing in disguise, because we could redo some things as a result. And as you can see behind us, we are redoing them. We still have to decorate that blank space behind us and do something with these corners a little bit. We're going to keep working on that. We want your help, by the way. Uh, because we would certainly love to hear from you guys and your ideas. Uh, there is one behind us. You can barely see it, but right there, Wheaton from Massachusetts, not the Illinois school, but the Massachusetts one, um, sent us a little basket. Um, <clears throat> that will be prominently displayed better than that with a little basketball. Uh, you can see some of the shirts that we've gotten over the years. Uh, there's the Final Four basket or ball from the Atlanta where, uh, Salem, uh, where Amherst and Mary Harden Baylor competed. We'll dress this up more as we go forward. We would hope that you <clears throat> will be able to um, add to it as well. Um, if you have ideas, send them to us. I can tell you a couple things that, are, that will be coming that have not arrived. We will be getting a number 22 Ohio Wesleyan jersey signed by Lauren Hill of Mount St. Joe. We did purchase one as part of the fundraising efforts for um, Lauren Hill and pediatric cancer. Certainly more about that later in the show. Uh, that will be hanging behind us in perpetuity uh, as well. But if you have other ideas, and we can change this up. The same shirts don't always have to be there. We can hang other shirts. We can put up other designs. We'll put some bookshelves up so we have a little bit more of a, a nice studio set up behind us. You'll also notice there's a table to my right. There will be room here speaking for if we happen to ever have guests in studio, which we will hopefully have next week. Um, they will be coming. Uh, we will be maybe talking to, and the plan is at least right now, to be chatting with um, um, men's basketball chair um, Jeff Burns, uh, the new chair. He's been on the committee for a few years. We'll be talking to him here sometime in the near future. So lots to cover here um, uh, in the studio. As far as a show, lots to cover here in a minute. I'll talk to you a bit about the off-season stuff um, and so on and so forth. But coming up on the show, we have a number of guests um, lined up. Uh, we will be talking to the two defending national champions, uh, FDU Florham and uh, uh, Whitewater. Forgive my brain freeze there. Both coaches will be on the show to talk about defending the championships and being preseason Number ones, Mark Mitchell and, of course, Pat Miller from those schools, respectively. Also talk to uh, the winningest program in the Mid-Atlantic region in men's basketball, believe it or not, and I believe top 10, top 15 team uh, in Division Three as well. The Sales University will be joining us, and we're looking forward to having them on the show. Uh, their head coach, Scott Koval, will join us uh, coming up. Also, uh, we will look at the Armed Forces game coming up. Um, that game will be um, on ESPNU in Puerto Rico tomorrow, Friday, November 14th, a day earlier than the season starts. It'll be Coast Guard versus Hampton Sydney. First time those two teams have ever faced off, but they will face off on ESPNU tomorrow from a hangar at a Coast Guard base in Puerto Rico. So certainly looking forward to 
seeing that game. We'll talk to both coaches uh, coming up here on Hoopsville. Also talk to Brad Johansson. He was a anchor and reporter from WKRC in Cincinnati. Uh, he is also the guy who's on the call for the Lauren Hill game. We'll talk to him about the emotions of the story and the emotions of the game. All coming up here on Hoopsville. If you want to interact with us, tweet, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can also email us at Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. You can also join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. So lots of ways to cover us. Real quick note before we get into other things. Uh, also, don't forget we have a new show called The YD3 Show. It's a monthly show looking into Division Three student-athletes, mainly what they're doing off the fields, not necessarily in competition. That will be coming uh, with a new episode in about a week or so. Um, we've already had two in the books. It's another effort right out of here, out of these studios. We hope you'll uh, take time to enjoy that as well. Hopefully you're not hearing the static that's in my ears. If you are, it's another one of those rebuilding the studio challenges we are working on. We will try and get to that and solve it soon. So that's what we've got for studio and a little bit of a preview of what we've got ahead. Let's talk about uh, a little bit of what happened in the off season. Uh, that off season, of course, um, pretty, pretty big in terms of some coaches changes. Also pretty big in terms of, of what may be the future for division three. Um, we talked a lot about this uh, when we talked about um, um, you know, when we look at uh, oh, the YD3 show with Dan Dutcher, and we'll talk more about it down the road, especially with basketball. But let's talk about coaches' changes, and we'll get to the other items in a bit. Coaching changes. Scranton's women's basketball coach, Mike Strong, stepped aside. A little bit of a surprise, I think, for many people. But at the same time, maybe not. Maybe the timing a little bit surprised. It was a bit of a, of a late one. Uh, certainly, um, I think people may have thought he might have made that move before the summer started. He instead made it near the end of the summer, beginning of the academic year, really in September. Um, he has stepped aside as the winningest Division Three women's basketball coach. We congratulate him. A little surprise at Lebanon Valley. Their coach, women's basketball coach, forced out. Same with Hope's men's basketball coach. He was forced out. Can't really get to the bottom of many of the stories. You know, you hear rumors and innuendo. Certainly, I'm not going to go and, and repeat those on air. It's not exactly fair to anybody involved. But surprises there. So both programs starting with new coaches uh, at the helm. Now, both perennial uh, favorites to usually make the NCAA tournament. Hope has probably fallen short of expectations for a number of years. We'll see how they rebuild around a coach that apparently everybody loves. We'll probably try and catch up with that head coach coming up in the future. Lebanon Valley, same deal with them. But there's a lot of other coaching changes that took place. You remember we uh, had last year the, the scandal, as it were, with Danny Knee being escorted uh, off of, not escorted, I shouldn't say it that way, but uh, put on administrative leave from Merchant Marine, David Munchnick took over. He certainly did a really good job in his tenure there. Um, but then he decided to move on as well. Danny Nee eventually was let, allowed to retire from the program. There's some uh, speculation that that may have been some deal in the works uh, to avoid being fired. Um, a full investigation was done. Not sure what those results were as they've been, been buried. Um, but Danny Nee moves on. David Munchnick moves over on. He takes over at Merchant Marine. Uh, Hobart's Mike Neer stepped aside and has retired for the second time. Probably not going to be coming back this time. He did so well for Hobart after retiring from Rochester after a stellar career at Rochester and spending a year in retirement before coming back to Hobart. He is now retired from Hobart. So some changes there. You'll remember Rhode Island College's men's basketball coach moved on to Maine. 
Um, and he was greeted with an exhibition loss to Southern Maine, a game they play every year, and uh, they lost to Southern Maine. So lots uh, of things going on in Division Three in the offseason. I can't even touch on all the coaching changes that took place. Um, you can certainly go to d3hoops.com to find out a lot about that, and we certainly encourage you to do so. A um, couple things um, really to expect this year. I, one, and maybe someone can help me out with this. I have not been able to track it down. They were supposed to institute on shot clocks that tenths of a second be shown, including a dot to indicate there's a tenths of a second because, you know, if it stops with 1.3 and there's no dot, you might think there's 13 on the clock. Um, I've now been told maybe that is not being put in place this year. Uh, I will freely admit I have not done all the research for that, but that's one I'm going to be taking a watch on this year and see how I know some schools are starting to add those clocks anyway uh, as part of uh, whatever initiative they have. So you'll start seeing some tenths of a second on shot clocks, whether they're um, put in place legal er, by law or not, by rule or not, uh, but that stuff is coming here in the near future. Um, let's see what else. Um, by the way, remember that box in women's basketball they were putting in the lane? Last year they just had to put in some guidelines. There have been talk that they're going to have to repaint the surfaces uh, and put in an actual entire new box that kind of goes perpendicular to the current lane. That is no longer happening. It is now just lines uh, as they were guides last year. There doesn't have to be a whole new uh, rectangle put down in the lane, which honestly, let's be, it would have looked horrible. Uh, and made things confusing. I think last year's rule didn't really come into play like many people thought that it would anyway. So um, there you go. Uh, there's another, of course, another big topic of conversation. That's always the uh, top 25s. We should give that a look at on d3hoops.com, of course. Uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to look at it, we certainly encourage you, you, you take an opportunity to do so. Um, and no surprise, FDU Florham and Whitewater certainly the number ones uh, there and maybe a little surprise. Lots of teams certainly lost some things um, this season. But Whitewater number one, uh, Amherst number two um, in the men's side of things. Augustana number three, Illinois Wesleyan four, and then Williams number five. Um, I think the surprise there certainly would be Williams. Uh, doesn't seem to really fit who we would th think would be in that spot. Um, especially how much they lost. Mike Maker, another big coach who left and went to Marist. Of course, Duncan Robinson, the big story in the offseason, transferring to Michigan. Can't play this year because he transferred. Uh, if, you, if you're not familiar with the rules, if you transfer from, from Division One or Two down to three, you do not have to sit a year out. You'll remember that from Sidney Moss last year at Thomas More. On the flip side of that, you go the other direction, though. You do have to sit out. So Duncan Robinson out a year after transferring. And let's be honest, he's not transferring to Michigan if Mike Maker doesn't leave. So that is a big shakeup for Williams. Not only do they lose a, a core group of guys that help get them to within a, a couple seconds of another national championship, but they lose their head coach and they lose Duncan Robinson. So them fitting, fitting fifth in the preseason, bit of a tall order. I can tell you right now they were in my top 25, but not in the top five, not even close. I'll try and call up my, brack, uh, my ballot here uh, momentarily here. Um, Calvin, Stevens Point, Albertus, Magnus, Wash U, Worcester. I think I'll tell you now, looking at my poll versus this one, all over the place. Uh, really didn't agree with a lot of things, but 60 teams, I think, was the count. Got top 25 votes in some capacity. That tells you a lot that the voters had a lot of questions and not really a good sense of who may be 
top 25 in men's and women, men's basketball. Women's basketball after you. Florham, the defending champs, undefeated. Got 16 first place votes. Amherst sitting two. Thomas Moore, three. Tufts, then Oshkosh, and then Hope. All of them getting at least one top 25 vote. I think it's all over the place. Scranton, interestingly, despite the coaching change, moved up to eighth. I think that's a good move. I don't, I don't see any issues there. They got a very good team coming back. But uh, lots of questions in the top 25s this year, and we'll certainly keep talking about that throughout the year and throughout uh, our tenure here on the show. Certainly the first votes, by the way, of course, will not come out right away. First votes will actually, uh, this, the first week's votes always come out after a couple weeks of competition. If I'm not mistaken, that means our first votes will be right before Thanksgiving for our, our new top 25. Uh, another big thing for me was I went out to Indianapolis in September, got a chance to meet with a lot of the Division Three governance group, plus those who help run Division Three. Incredible meetings. I want to thank Dan Dutcher, uh, Luis McCleary, uh, and certainly others out there who, who, who not only gave their time to me uh, to let me meet with them and, and raise questions or get information, but asked me questions and got information from me and asked different things of me and I certainly appreciated my trip out there learned quite a bit that's going to have ramifications this year first and foremost those meetings actually precipitated the YD3 show and why that has come about but there's a lot of things in place and this you know the 10% reduction is a topic of conversation there's talk about reducing um, uh, the number of games in division three by 10% that is technically on the back burner right now by, by the way um, and so it isn't going to happen right away um, and it's on the back burner because there's been some gender, gender equality questions that have been raised because of certain sports that are not included, cross-country and football, which are once-a-week sports. There, there has been some questions as to whether that is entirely fair. It's being looked into. I think it's fair that it's being looked into. Whether it's still at the table come the convention in January is yet to be determined. However, that 10% has certainly been a topic of conversation. It will continue to be a topic of conversation. I think it's a good one to have. We certainly don't need to add more games, I don't think, to the schedules. Do we need to cut them? That's up for debate, and certainly other people have their, their minds on whether that is the case or not. So we'll see what happens, as it were, with a lot of that stuff. Um, also, budgets are a major factor here nowadays. We, we have to be honest, we're dealing with a budget shortfall in Division Three. They're going to, 75% of the budget, it goes to championships. Where do they find money? Where do they cut money? Where do they, where do they need to find things? It's an interesting conversation, one we could never dive into in, in full right now, but certainly one we need to keep abreast of and see how it shapes up. How will this impact things? There's a talk of reducing staffing or, or the, 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 the size of teams that go uh, to championships, not the players, but the, the support staff. Talking about cutting the per diem by about $5 a day for team, for each person. It's currently $95. was supposed to go up to $100. Could get cut to $90. There's other ways they're going to be cut here and there. We'll see what happens. Uh, is potential tournament expansion halted? i got a question from Matt Snyder. Men could be looking at a 63rd team next year. Yes, that has been halted, but for different reasons than you would expect. First and foremost, I think they actually could have gone to 63 teams this year is what I was told. Here's the key to all this. The NCAA isn't in a position really to grow another team, but they have a little rule that nobody is really aware of, and that is uh, you, you expand your teams by two, by even numbers, by two, four, six, eight, whatever the case is. They don't really like to go by odd numbers. We've seen it certainly grow in odd numbers in recent years. Hasn't made a lot of sense. So the NCAA's fallen back on that rule. 
They're falling back on the potential of keeping growth at a little bit under control during these budget times by using that too. So men's basketball will grow from 62 to 64. When that happens, obviously it will be capped at 64. It can't grow past that point. But the 62 will not grow to 63 anytime in our near future. That's one of those other cutbacks that they're having to deal with as well. Um, certainly other things along the lines uh, that, 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 that have to be dealt with financially, and those will be brought up and handled. We'll talk more about how they can have ramifications on us here. There's a petition, by the way, going around online about that 10% reduction. There's also a 10% reduction uh, in those team things, as we mentioned. We certainly hope it doesn't have a, 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 a ramification that we don't like, but we have to be realistic. They are dealing with a $2 million shortfall right now, and they need to find that money. Um, so things to keep an eye on and certainly things we need to keep an eye on, rightly so, for the next foreseeable future um, as we move on. So those are kind of the things we're going to be following in Division Three. The meetings were great. We'll talk more about those. By the way, other things to keep in mind, you will not see. I, I would be shocked if you see the women and men, the, the men with the buys and the women who can get a chance to host. You will not see a weekend put together involving men and women. It's not going to happen. Uh, we would like to see it happen, certainly. It's been nice. Last year we saw our signs that it's not going to happen as Amherst women were sitting on the road, even though men were only hosting one game. The, the NCAA, the liaisons, they don't think it's a good fit. They don't think it's the right way of running a tournament. They don't think the history shows it's a smart way of doing things. So don't expect it. Expect to see whoever has the right to host the first weekend gets the right to host the first weekend. If that team has the potential of having a buy-in, let's use Amherst as an example here. Next year, the women have the rights in the first weekend. That means Amherst men most likely on the road at a full location or maybe a buy and the, and the lower team is hosting who knows but you're not going to see that come together it doesn't happen often amherst is one of the rare occasions where it can happen but just don't expect to see it happen anytime in the near future in division three another thing quickly everyone talks about wanting to see regional rankings come out and data come out i have made my pledge uh, my argument towards that here's the deal men's basketball committee has pushed they want that information released but the majority of committees in Division Three do not want that released. We can talk more about this down the road, but it's not going to happen the way we want it to happen. And there's varying reasons as to why. Um, and mainly it comes down to other committees worried about their decisions being second-guessed. They feel that the tournament results, the bracket, is enough information for people to understand what their decisions were. Many would disagree with that. I certainly know those disagreements. We can talk more about those disagreements, certainly down the road, um, and, and we will um, when we get that opportunity. And as a result, already right out of the gate, we're running a little late because uh, there's lots to talk about in Division Three, and we will certainly cover a lot of this down the road. Um, and we hope you'll, you will enjoy the show here today, but we'll also talk about these items as we move down the road as well. Uh, if you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at D3Hoopsville or use the hashtag Hoopsville. You can also join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville, or you can join us um, via email, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Coming up, we're going to take our first break, and we'll talk to FDU Florham women's basketball coach Mark Mitchell. The team went undefeated to win a national championship. 
Can they stay undefeated? How long can they stay undefeated? How long can they stay number one? Plenty of questions to get to, and we'll certainly do so ourselves. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. We'll be back right after this. Division three schools offer academic scholarships instead of athletic scholarships. This really puts the focus that the student-athlete needs to maintain that GPA. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division three. A lot of people pick schools just based on the sport and don't get that experience. Being a Division three athlete and developing my leadership skills has definitely put my name out there and helped me get more recognition on campus, but more recognition nationwide. I did win the Jostens Trophy, which is based on leadership, academics, and then how well you do on the court. I'm also the Schwartz Scholar of my class. Schwartz Scholarship is basically a scholarship that is given to a student who's identified as a likely leader. And the other day, it won't matter how they play on the field, it will matter how they do in the classroom. Coach Mitchell, Dave McHugh, how are you? I'm well, hold on a second. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Um... Getting the gremlins out of the way in the first show. Hope you're enjoying it. Uh, despite some static, I'm pretty sure you can hear. We apologize. We're not sure where it's coming from, but we will work on it in the off season, or in the in the week ahead, and 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 solve it. Anyway, any questions for us? Tweet us at d3hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville. You can also email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com/hoopsville, and of course, um, hey, you can even join us on on the YouTube page if you want to. There's a, an area where you can uh, ask questions there as well. Going to get to our first guest, and uh, when it comes to uh, talking about a team that is playing well, last year it certainly was the FDU Florham Devils, and joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is their women's basketball coach, Mark Mitchell, the national defending champs coach. Welcome to Hoopsville. Hey, Dave. Thanks so much for having us on. Absolutely. I appreciate you taking the time to join us. First and foremost, has the euphoria of winning a national championship uh, at all eased for you guys? Yeah, it's over. <laughs> I had a feeling. I saw the Around the Nation article. Sounds like it ended officially last Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, We were in a little bit of a fog coming back to school, and, you know, everybody's on their high horse and then on cloud nine and, you know, not taking care of business. And uh, once uh, October 15th hit, you know, we had, to get, we had to get to work. And, you know, our kids, uh, I don't think they were mentally ready to get started, but... Uh, we, we're there now. Uh, we got through our first scrimmage, and it was a little bit of a wake-up call for us. And uh, now we're ready to go. Um, you say wake-up call. How, in what sense? Was it something that you just didn't like? Was it that the team just seemed more sluggish than you expected? Um, did they may, right, resting on their coattails a little bit? 
I think it was uh, it was that resting on the coattails, thinking, you know, we're better and bigger than what we really are. I mean, last year's team was special. Uh, last year's team was uh, magnificent. Last year's team was perfect. Uh, but that's last year. Yeah. I mean, this is a completely different team this year. Uh, you know, I heard you know Gino say from UConn. I've heard him say you can have the same players, but it's never the same team. And uh, I'm definitely understanding that completely now. <laughs> you guys were kind of a little undersung most of the national tournament last year. I think everybody was waiting for the shoe to drop. Everyone was waiting for the what if. It never happened. When you guys won that championship, you guys probably had expected it more than anybody else. What was the message last year in that tournament, and how can you use that message going forward this year? Well, well, last year, last year, our met it really wasn't a message, so to speak, Dave. Uh, last year, our team was really, really angry and losing the year prior to Widener uh, in the first round of mm-hmm. the tournament, and uh, everybody just came back all year long, was just angry and hungry and ready to go. And Chalette Brown, who uh, her freshman year was at Montclair State, transferred in, um, and uh, she lost. To uh, Christopher Newport, our freshman year in the tournament, yeah. So she was angry and she was ready to go. And so we we just once once the tournament began, and we were just focused on the last six games all season long. Only thing we were really thinking about was March. So uh, uh, you know, it was just pretty simple. You know, we were ready to go from from the beginning of the tournament last year, and, and uh, it, it kind of showed. You had a well-rounded team last year. Three, really four players in double figures. Kyra Day and leading the team with 14 points a game. I say four fi- four players because Kara uh, Kara Dan, her sister, uh, 9.1 points a game, and certainly a, a factor there. That entire nucleus is coming back. You have four seniors on this squad, led five seniors on this squad, led by the Dan sisters. How important is that in the sense of at least being able to to have experience at your side? Yeah, we're, I mean, you know, I think experience is a little overrated. Um, you know, we just got great kids who understand, you know, when, it's, when the lights are on, it's time to work. Um, we, we, we are at that point now. I'm happy about, you know, all five of our seniors, um, you know, and our, our whole core, core back, you know, with the exception of our, our post player, Rachel yeah. Room, who's out for the season with an ACL. Um, you know, that's really to a wrinkle in our plan for this year. Uh, but, you know, Kyra is a leader by example. Um, you know, Leanne Lively has really stepped up and shown some leadership skills, uh, you know, this uh, this preseason, you know, going into the season. Um, so, you know, I'm real happy with the players. Uh, and uh, I think we're ready. You know, I think mentally we are where we're we, we should be at this point. I was going to say, the only one not coming back, as you mentioned, was Rachel Groom. Uh, six rebounds a game, ten points a game. Of course, uh, Shillette Brown at nine rebounds a game, and, and Kyra Dan uh, at seven rebounds a game. It's not like you're losing a huge chunk, but you are losing that presence inside. Is this going to force you guys to be more of a uh, of an outside team, or do you have the replacement piece in place to at least keep that presence inside? Now we we really don't have anybody to replace Rachel. I mean, you're talking about 10.6 rebounds a game, but you know she's a 60% from the floor, 
player. I mean, we can just go into her, and we know we're going to get a bucket. Um, she's also over 70% from the free throw line. So, you know, that piece is missing. Uh, we're just going to play faster. <laughs> we're just, uh, <laughs> just going to play faster. Whoa. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, you start off the season with a couple good teams in that schedule. You start off on Saturday against Hunter. You'll face Kane on the 20th. Of course, they've had a rich history in, in many ways, more than one. Um, Catholics on your radar. Uh, you got Stevens Point, Platteville uh, in non-conference play. Of course, we'll see you in those games uh, at the uh, South Point uh, Arena in, uh, in Las Vegas as part of the D3Hoops.com Classic. You guys aren't shying away from them this year at all, are you? No, not at all. And, and don't forget, uh, we're playing uh, Baruch on the road and yep. Brooklyn on the road. I mean, that's, they're one and two uh, in their conference. So we're not, we're not running. We're not hiding from anybody. We're ready to go. Um, we'll take on any challenge. You know, uh, we're going to need these challenges uh, in, in non-conference to get through our conference because our conference is really primed and ready to come for us this year. So I understand sure. that. And uh, so we really want to get that out the way and, you know, and get to conference play and stuff like that. But, it's, I mean, that non-conference is really going to help us yeah. uh, uh, in the long run. You start with Misericordia uh, on December 3rd in conference play and December 6th then in Kings. Of course, Misericordia, not that far removed from some some success in conference uh, themselves. When you look at this conference, it now moves to the Atlantic region. You guys are now uh, going to be compared with the with the N. Jackson, the Cuniac skyline, etc. Um, does does that change your national scope? Does that change what you think the expectations are, or as it has been in the past, win this conference and and, and just take care of business? No, that's that's exactly what we think. We just think of taking care of our conference. We're not looking at the region too much. Uh, I know, you know, it's Skyline and CUNYAC and, and NJAC. So, you know, I, I love playing the NJAC schools. I mean, you know, we're in their backyard. You know, we're, you know, we're kind of the outsiders uh, here in New Jersey. So, you know, we kind of embrace that. We like that. We want that. You know, we want that feeling. So anytime we get a chance to play at NJAC school, we, we take that very, very seriously. How do you see this conference shaking up this year? Uh, when you, Obviously, you guys were the pick for the top of the conference, but how do you see this, this one shaping up? Well, I, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, it's going to be extremely tough this year. Uh, Eastern, uh, Eastern from TA, they're, they're, they're ready to go. I mean, they're, they're ready to take that next step, and we're the only thing in their way. Um, I think they're the best team in the conference, um, you know, outside of us. Um, you know, great coaching by Nate and, uh, you know, Megan Nowak is the best post player in our conference so they're going to be ready to go um Del Val as well uh and Kings I think Kings is going to be a, a big surprise to a lot of people this year as well interesting I was going to say for you guys picked number one Eastern number two Delaware Valley then to sales three four um obviously conference means a lot that out of conference you're not scared of anybody clearly and we'll see you guys at the hoops the D3 hoops classic as well What's the mentality, though? Is there, an, do you, is, is there pressure to stay unbeaten at this point because you were unbeaten last year, your last loss coming in the first round of the NCAA tournament the year before? Is there pressure on you guys to do that, or is it more about just executing and being ready for March? No, there's no pressure. I mean, we're, uh, you know, I think, you know, now at the point that we are now, we're back to that mentality of 
let's get through this regular season. We're hungry. We really want that national title again. Yeah. I mean, you know, the preseason rankings came out, and everybody's making a big deal out of, uh, oh, you guys are preseason number one. You know, and, and I'm like, hey, don't look too much into pre- to the rankings. You know, we were 20th last year. <laughs> yeah. You know, preseason. I said, so you need to be looking out for the University of New England. They're 20 this year. So, <laughs> so uh, I mean, we're we're just really ready and focused in on taking care of business game by game. Each game, we look at it as a tournament game. We want to win it, and we want to get ready for March. What's been the reaction since the championship? Obviously, the school, first championship in school history, Certainly a, a big deal on campus, but that tends to continue longer than maybe the team is is ready to prepare for. What's been the reaction even to this day? Yeah, I mean, you know, the school has been really, really behind us and supporting us and, you know, giving us all kinds of accolades and things like that, and we're very appreciative of it. Uh, we would really just want to turn the page now. Um, you know, I'm like, let's get behind our field hockey team. You know, our field hockey team mm-hmm. just uh, won our conference for the first time in 28 years. Uh, and they're, they just won their first game in the NCAA tournament. Uh, so they're moving on to the next round in field hockey. So I'm like, let's get behind our field hockey team and let's give them some, uh, give them some love. When it comes to winning a championship, you talk about field hockey having success. Sometimes that, that one team can be a catalyst for the rest of the program. FDU Florham has had its little shining moments, but not as an overall department. Is this is this a changing of the guard? Is this a, a turn in the right direction for this program? I would think so. I, I would think our school, um, all of our programs, our men's basketball team, our uh, field hockey team, certainly our, our soccer teams, you know, we're all excited. And, you know, and, and I think we're all going to be getting better as, as time goes on. Um, of course, the other question I've got for you is you do have this game on against Hunter on Saturday. You talked about exhibition being a challenge. How do you make sure this team's ready for that first game? Oh, we're ready. We're ready to go right now. I mean, we could go right now, and we're ready to go because um, we've had that little wake-up call down, um, you know, after our first game, after our first scrimmage. Then we had an exhibition game against Division One FDU, and uh, we played extremely well in that game. Uh, so I know mentally we are sit, we are very very focused in on now what needs to be done, and I'm I'm extremely confident about Saturday and moving forward. Well, coach, I appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the debut of the season. Uh, certainly fun to watch you guys play last year and win that national championship, surprising many, beating some of the biggest teams in Division Three to earn it. You guys certainly earned it the right way. Uh, we certainly appreciate you coming on. Big game on against Saturday against Hunter. And, of course, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys in Las Vegas uh, right after Christmas as well. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, Dave, again, thanks so much for having us on. We appreciate you. We appreciate all you do for D3 Hoops. Um, you know, everybody in the nation, you know, we're down a player. Rachel, I just want to say, hey, we're wounded, but we're not dead. So we're ready to go. Absolutely. Well, good luck, Coach. Thanks for joining me. Hopefully we'll be talking to you down the road. I know I'll talk to you in Vegas. Absolutely, Dave. Thanks so much. Have a good night. You too. Mark Mitchell joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. We appreciate him taking the time to do so. Again, defending national champs 33-0 last season, 
looking to, you know, at least we would like to see how long they can stay undefeated. It'd be pretty cool if we saw them undefeated all the way to Las Vegas, but they've got a tough task. Hunter, obviously, just to get the game out of the way on the 15th to 20th, they'll take on Kane. Of course, you've got Farouk there on the road. They'll be at Catholic, uh, then in conference play against Misericordia and Kings, home against Drew before then taking a 20-day break for the holidays before we see them at the South Point Arena in Las Vegas against Stevens Point and Platteville, both Wisconsin schools. How about that? Talk about good planning, huh? Uh, before they return home and take on William Smith and Smarthmore actually at NYU. Going to take a break. When we return, we're going to talk to Wisconsin Whitewater head coach Pat Miller. We'll also talk to the man behind the mic and behind the story of Lauren Hill, Brad Johansson. That's all coming up here on Hoopsville. Don't forget, also, we'll still chat with the sales men's basketball coach, Scott Koval, and we'll preview the Armed Forces Classic tomorrow against between Coast Guard and Hamden Sydney on ESPNU from Puerto Rico. That's all coming up here on the season debut of Hoopsville. You can join us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can also join us via email hoopsville at d3hoops.com or Facebook us at facebook.com slash hoopsville. When we return, we'll talk to, uh, well, I should say, we will talk to Pat Miller from Wisconsin Whitewater and Brad Johansson out of Ohio and then Scott Koval from the seals you're watching hoopsville presented by d3hoops.com and the national association of basketball coaches more hoopsville right after this division three schools offer academic scholarships instead of athletic scholarships this really puts the focus that the student athlete needs to maintain that gpa i did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school i got the presidential scholarship which was huge for me I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. A lot of people pick schools just based on the sport and don't get that experience. Being a Division Three athlete and developing my leadership skills has definitely put my name out there and helped me get more recognition on campus, but more recognition nationwide. I did win the Jostens Trophy, which is based on leadership, academics, and then how well you do on the court. I'm also the Schwartz Scholar of my class. Schwartz Scholarship is basically a scholarship that is given to a student who's identified as a likely leader. And the other day, it won't matter how they play on the field, it will matter how they do in the classroom. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm your host, Dave McHugh, broadcasting out of the Hoopsville studios. Hope you're enjoying the show, the season debut of Hoopsville here on the 2014-15 season. Almost uh, went back in time there. If you got any questions for us or want to interact with us, please feel free. You can join us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Of course, email address is Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. That information, of course, all at the bottom of your screen. You'd be welcome to interact with us. Obviously, as a season debut, we're getting touching base with uh, some of the teams that are certainly going to be making headlines early in the season. Just got done talking after you, Florham, on the women's side, the defending national champs, preseason number one on D3Hoops.com. So it seems appropriate enough that we switch gears over to the men's side and the defending national champs, also preseason number one. Wisconsin Whitewater and Pat Miller, their head coach, joins me on the Hoopsville Hotline. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville and welcome to the new season. 
No, thanks, Dave. It's always great to talk with you. Well, I appreciate you taking some time to join us. If anyone's curious, we are pre-taping this interview a little bit, making our lives a little bit easier here on the season debut, so I appreciate you taking the time, Coach. Uh, Have you guys come off the euphoria of winning your second title in three years yet? We have. It was um, (laughs) obviously a a remarkable game and um, a great game for Division III basketball, but um, as as the things turn, you have to – go through what we call the, the victory tour, a lot of nice nice events and nice places to go. But the key is always trying to turn that around and refocus and get everybody ready for this year. Um, certainly getting ready. You guys are going to have a good stretch in the off, in the out-of-conference out of schedule, I should say. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But, you know, you guys, part of history at, at Whitewater, the football, baseball, and basketball teams winning uh, national titles. First time that's happened in any division in the NCAA uh, so not only was your title special, but it, it just seemed with plenty of other success of other programs, including gymnastics, that you guys had one heck of a, a heck of a year at Whitewater. It was an amazing year, and it was really interesting being at Whitewater as long as I have and, and being through different stages with different sports, winning national championships. There's always a great buzz and a lot of excitement, but I really have never seen anything like the excitement that was generated from the trifecta uh, the number of people um, who were interested in it, who wanted to talk about it, the amount of nationwide publicity that we received, whether it was the New York Times or AP stories. It was really a remarkable time and, and a lot of fun for all of us at Whitewater. Um, I was going to say, was there any pressure on the baseball team? Did you guys kind of walk in the door and go, hey, by the way, just just so you know, we took care of business. It's your turn now. Yeah, you know we're all pretty good friends, <laughs> and we're all pretty competitive. So sure. uh, I don't know if I don't know if any of that pressure had to be verbalized. I think <laughs> we all know it's there. It was and, there. And trust me, I, I feel pretty good about our football team this year. So any pressure <laughs> I might have put on him will probably come back to me in about a, another month or so. I was going to say they're having a pretty good solid season again. Uh, probably people writing in tickets already to Salem for them. Looking at your team and and you, what you guys have coming back. You know, this is a team that preseason number one, I'll admit, as a, as a, as a top 25 voter, um, what you lost gave me pause, but it seems like everybody has a ton of questions. You guys certainly do. When you looked at what you guys were going to lose and what you had coming back, especially guys like K.J. Evans and, um, and of course, uh, Cordell uh, Young, what were, your, what were your thoughts in the offseason as to can you replicate what you had last year? Can you even have – that kind of a success? Should you even anticipate that kind of success? Well, I mean, that's a great question. And, you know, on the loss side of it, certainly with Alex Merg, um, yeah. Eric Bryson, Patrick Suter, Reggie Hearn, we, we lost a solid core of players, but we also lost guys who had remarkable intangibles. You know, I don't, I don't know if I've coached anybody as good in that area as Alex Merg and Eric Bryson in terms of their defensive abilities, their ability to guard players of different sizes and different skill sets and just what they brought from a work ethic leadership perspective. So as we got into the offseason, that was clearly my biggest concern is how do we replace all the little things that those guys did to make us a good team, and especially on the defensive side of the ball. The flip side of that is K.J. Evans and Cordell Young are both extraordinarily special players. Uh, One of the great things about being at Whitewater, I think in my 14 years as a head coach, I've probably coached five or six, maybe seven once-in-a-lifetime type of players at the Division Three level, and I feel like we have two of them. And those guys, they both have incredible work ethic, um, very unselfish players, very talented players. 
So if you're going into a season and you need to try to build something, I can't imagine two better players than those two. And then you add Steve Egan, uh, who played a critical role for us last year, Cody Odegaard, who's in his fifth year because of medical redshirt in the middle of his career. That, that gives us a solid nucleus of, of skill, experience. Um, that, that's going to be fun to build a team around. Uh, just to give you a hard time, you can't have that many once-in-a-lifetime players. I'm, I'm, it's, it's called once-in-a-lifetime for a reason. Yeah, but I, I, I just believe that that those guys. You know, I, I feel fortunate because I don't know if a lot of players or a lot of coaches at our level sure. get to coach those type of guys. You know, the Dustin Mitchells of the world yeah. and Chris Davis and Miles McKay. You know, guys who have gone on and, and made money playing basketball. And and really, at, at a lot of schools, any number of those guys would be once in a lifetime. And, and I get to coach them fairly regularly, which is great. Only because I know he's got eligibility left, and it always comes up in question. Is Chris Davis coming back to the team? Well, let's just get that out of the way now. He does not have eligibility left. <laughs> I'm just I wish I, I wish he did, because <laughs> when you have guys like him, you become yeah. a much better coach in a hurry. Yeah, you, and I, I joke with people that uh, last December I was in the, in the hotel walking into the lobby, and I saw him, forgot it was him because it's football. I'm not thinking about guys I know all that well, and he looked at me, said, hi, how are you? And I went, oh, wait, it's that's right. You would be here too. Um, you're, you look at Cordell Young. I mean, hits the, the big the big winner to, to clinch the title for you guys in kind of eerie fashion for Williams as Stevens Point did the same thing to them a few years back. You got K.J. Evans, who, who certainly brings back that firepower that he brought to the table last year to, to lead the team. But we all know about those guys. You mentioned a few of the guys coming back that we don't know. Is there already one though in that in that in that huddle that you're like that's going to be our unsung hero that people are going to be talking about midway through this year? I think we have a number of guys that that have that capability. Um, you know, we lose Eric Bryson, but we replace him with his brother Drew, mm. who's a little bit better than Eric, maybe a, a little bit better perimeter shooter, maybe not as good yet defensively or doing the little things that Eric did as, as a very savvy basketball player. But I think he, he's going to be outstanding. Uh, I think he's a guy that we probably pencil into our starting lineup. Uh, we have a, a transfer, Xavier Lamanadu, who's extraordinarily athletic. Uh, I think he can give us some, some very good minutes at the wing position and create a lot of problems for people. Uh, lightning fast, good perimeter shooter. You know, So w- with those type of players... It's going to be the challenge is going to be molding the new with the returning guys, getting them up to speed, and we're progressing well. I think through our scrimmages, we've made progress. Those guys are getting to understand how we want them to play, how they're going to need to play. So, so I do think as the season emerges, we're going to have some some very good players to support those guys. When and I look at the preseason headline on the website, I do find it a little bit uh, uh, a chuckle. Men's Hoop seeks conference national prominence in 2014-15. You are there. You're, you, you've won two national championships in the last three years. You're always on top of the WIAC with Stevens Point. Uh, Platteville certainly comes into play. We'll talk about that in a minute. Do you guys still, though, sense that you're not a, a, a team that is first talked about, that you guys are an after-mention maybe? I, I don't get that sense. I, I think, you know, I look through um, – the history of our program in the last 40 years, we've had one losing season. We've won four national championships, you know, only second to North Park with their five, and they right. won them in a pretty pretty tight window back in the 80s. So I, I think we, we've made a statement in terms of our consistency and our ability to win on a national level. 
I just think in Division Three basketball, there's there's so many great programs. It's so competitive. You know, we mentioned the football side earlier. You know, there's there's a few teams on the football side that have clearly separated themselves yeah. from everybody. Whereas in basketball, you you have some some powers in the East with the Amherst and the Williams and, and a lot of those programs. You have the Wash U's, the St. Thomas's, the Whitworth out West. Uh, Mary Harden Baylor has has done well nationally as of late. So you just there's such a balance of power, and it's so competitive. You know, you Hope, Kelvin, Augustana, you can go on and on. So I think it's difficult to always be at the, at the top of that conversation. Uh, but I think we've certainly gotten ourselves, you know, in, in the overall conversation based on what we've done over the over the past four decades. Talking to Pat Miller here on the Hoopsville Hotline, part of the season debut of Hoopsville. Defending national champs are Wisconsin Whitewater, preseason number one. For D3Hoops.com, you know, we look at last year's WIAC battle and Stevens Point won the conference by two games, but you guys ended up, you know, getting the glory, as it were. Um, Lacrosse and Platteville were in the mix. You 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 heard from Oshkosh and Stout, Superior, the rest, certainly throughout the year. This year, it's again, you guys, number one preseason, Stevens Point, number two uh, in the in the polling, at least with Platteville, then Lacrosse. But how do you see it shaping up? Stevens Point seems like they're going to go through a bit of rebuilding kind of like yourself. Platteville seems to be at least in the mix and, and more of a conversation maker than they have been in the past. Is there maybe somebody there sleeping that we're not paying attention to? Well, I, I think the first program that comes to mind is River Falls. They, they've added some new players and a, a good Division II transfer. They went out to South Dakota and played Augustana uh, out of the Northern Sun, a good Division mm-hmm. II program, and, and lost in overtime. So I think that in and of itself shows you, that they've made some strides. You know, I know Jeff well, and he's happy with his program. Yeah, I think with Stevens Point, it's hard to ever look at them and say they're rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're a program that reloads and re- retools, and they're they're going to be very good. And even Platteville, they had some significant losses, but they went over and played University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee very close, two-point game at halftime, and ended up by losing by 14. So I, I think as I look at it, the only team that I, I thought um, – was really going to be in the upper echelon talk that that's taken a couple of blows as UW lacrosse. They had a significant injury uh, to one of their better in, interior players returning. And then they had a wing player who I, I really thought was an all American caliber player um, who, who is not going to play this year because of the, an academic situation that's going to require his time. Uh, so I think that hurts them a little bit, um, but I, I think they have good players around them. Our conference is always competitive. I, I think this year, there's probably more unknowns than there's been in the past. Mm. There's there's fewer marquee players coming back that everybody knows about, uh, which I think it will make for an interesting conference season. Well, certainly you will get into conference play on December 3rd when you take on Oshkosh, followed by the 6th against Platteville, the Platteville game being at home. But to start the season, you're playing out of the division against Cardinal Stritch. Then you're uh, on the road at Hope on the 18th, a midweek game. Um, there, then you go to North Central to play Bluffton and Trinity International uh, in Illinois on the following the weekend before Thanksgiving. Um, you then have Alma again into conference play. Then Augustana rears its head on December 10th. You have a mixed bag here in the uh, in the out of conference, as it were. We we do. The Cardinal Stretch game is a great game for us. They were the 2013 NAI Division One or Division Two national champions. A very good program. They were 30 and four last year. So that's a great test for us early, and then we go play Hope on their floor. 
I'm sure they'll have a lot of excitement with their new coach mm-hmm. and a great crowd, and, and that'll be a difficult atmosphere and, and a great test for us. And as you mentioned, Augustana played them in the tournament last year, a very good team, went down and knocked off Bradley already this year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, obviously has them playing well. And it, we've had great success going out and playing some of the traditional powers, uh, whether it be Illinois, Wesleyan, Wheaton, um, North Central a couple years ago. Um, and I think it prepares us. You know, we've, we've always tried to go out and seek good teams. And, and to be perfectly honest with you, scheduling is difficult. It's very difficult right now to get people to play. And um, when we have opportunities to go to Hope or go to Augustana, those are certainly games we, we like to play and feel like it makes our program stronger. Should point out, by the way, the game against Alma on the 26th will be at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Not that there's any history there uh, whatsoever, but a lot of travel at the beginning. How you guys? How you guys getting ready for those trips around uh, Lake Michigan? Uh, we'll be fine. It's actually a fairly easy trip. We're so far in the southern part right. of Wisconsin. Hope is about a four and a half hour trip, so it's really no different than going to Stout. Some of our longer northern trips. Uh, going to the, the Palace at Auburn Hills, obviously, would be a great experience for our guys to get to play in that venue um, right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I, I think it'll be fine. Uh, we, we handle the travel well, and, and we're excited to go over there. You, the only difference is you got to go through Chicago. Uh, there's no way to avoid that city. you got to deal with it. So hopefully you time that well. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a challenge in and of itself. A lot of times when you think you're timing it well, you're not. No. So that, that's, you're right, though. That's always a wild card. It could be four and a half hours or six. Uh, before we let you go, 14th year of a head coach, 22 years there as a program, you know, whether you've played, you've assistant coached, you've coached. To say you bleed purple might be an understatement. But what does it mean to see the success this Whitewater team is having, the success this Whitewater department is having nowadays i know there's been history but really it seems you guys are are at the top of the mountain as it were right now well it's been it's been enjoyable to watch and it's been a, a bit of a perfect storm uh you know you look at the trifecta our football coach our baseball coach myself all our whitewater alums we all played for hall of fame legendary coaches at whitewater and we certainly benefited from what those guys did to build our programs and I've been around long enough. I've, I've seen the changes in our programs, the, the changes in staffing, the changes in funding, the amazing job that, that they set in external fundraising that we've been able to take hold of and take to another level. So we really benefited from our predecessors and what they established, and, and we were able to take that and build it with a lot of administrative support and support from our, our surrounding communities and our alumni base. And it's been great. It's it's great because we're all having success. It's it's not the university picking one program and putting all their eggs into a basket and saying we're going to try to be great in this program. It's a lot of programs on the national level having success and and representing our institution very well. Well, it certainly has been impressive. Congratulations yet again on that national championship all those months ago. I know the focus now is on the first game, November 15th, on Saturday against Cardinal Stritch, and obviously getting into the meat of the schedule and getting, I assume as a head coach, you're just ready to tip this thing off and get going. There, there's no question about that. <laughs> Our guys are tired of playing against each other. We're tired of watching them play against each other, and it'll be a lot of fun to get out and play some good competition here early on. Well, certainly. We'll look forward to watching how the team does and certainly look forward to maybe uh, seeing you guys down the road as well. Thanks for, so much for joining us. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Oh, 
I'm just just excited to get the season season going. It's going to be another great year in Division Three. Just looking around our region and the country, a lot of great teams, and should be a, a, an entertaining season as ever. Outstanding. Well, thanks so much again for coming on the show, Coach. Good luck, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, Dave. Pat Miller joining us from Wisconsin. Whitewater, again, team defending national champs, preseason number one, D3Hoops.com, I should say. Uh, football team's number one as well. Uh, we'll see how they do. Cardinal Stritch coming up on the 15th, then on the road on the 18th at Hope. We have plenty more hoops still coming up. The Lauren Hill story. We'll also talk to DeSales men's basketball coach as well and uh, plenty more including the Armed Forces Classic coming up here on Hoops Hole, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. We've got more schools than Division 1, more fans than Division 2, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships and we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. Uh, it was hard to look at people's faces. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Welcome back to Hoopsville on our season debut. I'm your host, Dave McHugh, of course, in the Hoopsville studios. Got any questions for us, want to interact with us, of course, you can do it on social media at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville on your Twitter account on Facebook at Facebook.com. Slash Hoopsville, of course, the email address, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, and you'll hear it's me say it many times. It's also at the bottom of your screen. Season debut, we've talked to both uh, defending national champs and preseason number one teams. After you floor them on the women's side and Whitewater on the men's side, I want to thank their coaches for that. Of course, uh, the other big news to, to start the season before we even got to the season start was the story of Lauren Hill, the Mount St. Joe uh, freshman out of Cincinnati, Ohio, suffering from a uh, a a debilitating and very difficult cancer. Of course, her story garnered national attention for varying reasons and, and culminated, and maybe not really culminated, but pretty much one of the top moments was the game against Hiram back on November 2nd at Xavier. And joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, one of the reporters who's been covering her story for a long time, and that is Brad Johansson from WKRC Local 12 in Cincinnati. Brad, thanks so much for joining us. Dave, always a pleasure. I appreciate it. You were also instrumental in helping us get the story on the YD3 show, so I thank you publicly for that. Your story is kind of what blew everything up, as it were. Uh, your story going viral, talking about her story, about the NCAA moving up the date to November 2nd, Hiram moving the game to uh, really a Mount St. Joe home game, Xavier picking up the gym. I mean, we can go through a litany of repeating this, but A, did you think you, that story you were going to tell would garner as much attention as it did. Telling anybody 
and I, I don't care who you talk to because there are people who told me, oh, yeah, I knew it would go like this. <laughs> um, no way yeah. would I have ever anticipated that it would go national, let alone international, the way that it has. Um, but I will tell you, in the very initial stages of the story, I said I've never heard anything like this. And I want to tell this girl's story because it's unlike anything I've, I had ever heard before. And then once I got into it, I told people on the day of the interviews, this is the most emotionally draining story I've ever done in more than 30 years of broadcasting. And I'll stand by that. And I, I think the star, the story is far from over and, and I'm still emotionally hooked into it. And so that's the long answer to your question. There's no way that I ever would have anticipated it would have blown up like this. It was an amazing story. Every network in the world pretty much picked it up, especially local or uh, nationally, ESPN, CBS, Steve Hartman certainly seemed to take a page out of your book. The story was emotional. We saw your emotion in the story that you did. I know it's hard to keep emotions uh, to the side when you're a reporter, though you certainly are asked to do so. Um, is it at some point where you're like, forget it? That's the story, and if my emotions show through, that's how it's going to be? I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> I have an issue. I'm a crier. Um, <laughs> I, I feel things. Um, people know that about me. And, you know, when you do a story like this, and this one was so involved that you spend enough time that a lot of times you're thinking, okay, by the time I get to air, I'm going to be okay. Sure. And by the time we got to air, after I had seen this story, I don't know how many times by the time we'd finished editing, um, it still stung me. And I can talk to you right now and still feel the same that I felt that day when we were getting ready to air the story and got word that the NCAA said, okay, we're going to move it up and yeah. we're going to let this. And there was such a joy that this girl was going to be able to live her dream, but I got to tell you that there were some days that I wasn't sure she was going to make it till November 2nd. And sure. uh, Lauren is that kind of girl that um, if she says she's going to do it, she's going to do it. And by gosh, she did it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you spent quite a bit of time with Lauren and her family before the game, before that story. I'm assuming you've stayed in touch afterward. There's been lots talked about her and, you know, having watched your story and having watched the entire game, uh, we all learned a lot about her, but there's probably still something that people don't know about her or about this cancer or about her story. Is there anything that still hasn't been told? Um, there's probably more that will come out in in, in the time that we follow her. Um, but I, I, I think you know what she wanted. The mission was, I want to talk for kids who can't talk about it, that most of these kids who get DIPG are five to eight years old. And um, she said in postgame with me as she sobbed, I know it sounds weird, but I'm happy this happened to me because mm. if it hadn't been me, who? Because nobody talks about it. We've gone for decades. Nobody's done anything about it. And so if this gets a chance to blow up because of me and I get to save somebody else's life, I'm happy this happened to me because this is a girl who's sure she's going to heaven, knows where she's headed, happy about what the outcome's going to be, 
and dealing with the suffering and literally so that somebody else won't have to suffer after, you don't see that very often on Earth. No, you're right. You certainly don't. She certainly has embraced it. She has embraced the fact that she won't live much longer. I don't want to give a time frame or be too harsh about it. It's, she seems to be the one totally at ease, for the most part. She's certainly emotional, but more at ease with what's going on than everybody else. Yeah, she has, and she's been that way from day one since I met her. Hmm. You know, a lot of times when you spend time with people over time during a story, you will eventually go, ah, so that's the real person. Yeah. Lauren hasn't, Lauren hasn't changed. Wow. She hasn't changed from the time that I, I first talked to her. Um, and she hasn't changed to this day as her right side is failing even more, yeah. as her headaches are increasing, as you can't open the curtains in her house because mm. it's too dark because the light hurts. You can't turn the TV on. You can't turn the radio on because it hurts her head. Mm. Um, and yet every time you see her, she's smiling and, and continuing on the mission. And it will be her choice when she decides that, she wants to start backing off the steroids. Yeah, um, it's going to be it's going to be sooner than later, and she knows that. And the decision's up to her. And um, it's difficult. I, I think you can see the pictures. Those who have, have followed this from the beginning and remember my initial story, mm-hmm. and see her on November second, and see her at some of her appearances this week. Yeah, she did. She's a different looking girl. Yes, but but inside she hasn't changed. Um, this game was incredible. I mean, the, 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 everything lining up was incredible, um, which will get me emotional. So I'll try not to be, but <laughs> Hiram turning the saying, Oh, come on, we're not playing this at our place. The NCAA saying, of course you can play on November 2nd. And by the way, uh, just a brief moment. Everybody likes to bash the NCAA in division three. We don't bash them as much on the administrative level as they do in division one. We have some other issues with them when it comes to conference tournament games or championships and stuff. But this kind of thing, they always get right. Um, you, you, the, the Xavier saying, uh, you need a gym? Um, to people volunteering to run the facility, the, the broadcast getting picked up and going national, your broadcast partner coming in uh, to do that game. Um, all of it lined up in such a manner that was just amazing. And I would say it would have been amazing even if it was a Division One game. Yeah, uh, there's... There's no shortage of small miracles in this that continue to line up one after the other that, um, you know, some things are true whether you believe them or not. And there were, there were more powers at work on this that, that made it what it was. And I, I, I tell you what, and just in short on, on Debbie joining me, yeah. as, we, as we were switching in the broadcast and talking about different changes, and I'd gotten off the phone with the Big East, and we were talking about talent. And um, I, I literally said to somebody, I wish Debbie could do this game with me because Deb and I have worked together, have a relationship. I think she's one of the preeminent names in women's college basketball. Yeah. She carries the torch, her relationship with Kay Yao and that cancer battle. And as I hung up the phone, she texted me. And said, "I'll be praying for you on Sunday. Wish I could help." Mm. And and I said, "You can sit next to me." And she wrote back with a question mark. And I said, 
are you available? And she said, if you need me, I'm available. Oh, that's cool. And Deb flew in from Charleston after being on the road that whole week. Um, stayed at uh, my house with my wife <laughs> and our kids. Awesome. And uh, we just, you know, we talked the whole way about what an incredible journey we were on. And she had seen my story, you know, as soon as it aired and had kind of paid attention the whole way. And so that's just another one of those things. i got to ask you some uh, some behind-the-scenes type questions about the game that I'd love to get to. First off, what was – I cannot do it justice, and, and, and I'm putting you on the spot here. What was Debbie's message throughout the game? I, I can't even paraphrase it right. She said, if you think that getting to this day was what the message – You've missed the point. Hmm. The point is that this girl wanted to play basketball because she loves the game, and she wanted to pass her message on so that it would live well beyond her. And um, that's what Lauren's doing, and I think I think a lot of people are getting that. I think a lot of people understand that it goes well beyond. We're getting the layups for Lauren all across the country. We're getting the donations that are coming in. We're getting people to buy the jerseys. Um, you know, the donations will continue to come. But on top of that, before the game started, um, you know, American Sports Network said, we're going to have an annual Lauren Hill game. And we want to honor this girl, and we want to carry this on. And her doctors had said, from the beginning, Lauren, I think you can be the voice in the face of this hmm. disease. And, and Lauren said, no, nah, I don't think it's me. Um, but she was with a 23-year-old that, you know, we talked to his mom during the game, Brenda yeah. Kelly. And and he said, hey, it's either you or me. And he lost his battle before her. And Lauren said, I'll carry it on. So, you know, it's, it's about serving. It's about being bigger than yourself. It's about doing something that will last beyond you. And Lauren certainly shining example of that everyone thought that first play was going to go to her and that she would make the basket but it still felt like you didn't know it still felt like you weren't positive Hiram certainly played a little bit of a soft defense but who wouldn't in that scenario from your vantage point what was that moment like um and we should point out we've heard your voice many times now ever since (laughs) etched I mean it'll be etched forever it, it Listen, I, I watched that in practice for yeah. two weeks. I watched her miss it over and over. Mm. I watched it in scrimmage the Wednesday before that day. She missed it the first two times. Mm. Um, and she couldn't run up and down the floor. Right. And so when it happened, when you see that enough, you just hope that it works the first time. And it could not have been any more perfect. No, and that is just kind of the way Lauren is. When it's game time, she's on. And then uh, to follow that, to have the last two points of the game, she did miss that one, but to get the ball back and then hit it with her right hand, unbelievable. And, and that's what was, you know. I think that made her probably, although she would not say what made her most happy. Yeah. I think the fact that she made one with her right hand sure. that she could barely feel was probably her moment on that rebound. And, you know, the, the back stories on all her teammates, that yeah. Sarah Dennis that got that rebound that handed it back to her, 
said to me on that Wednesday in tears, uh, I was I was sluggish. Um, I took plays off. I took practices off. Mm. I took classes off. I took time off. I wanted it to be about me. If a coach didn't set a play for me, I pouted. Wow. And she's changed how I look at the game. She's changed how I look at life. Well, and then the senior who sat next to her much of the game, blowing out her ACL, and the training staff making sure you were telling, uh, making sure the training staff got her up on into the game for that first play. But what was it that Lauren went to her after yeah, her Brooke, injury? Brooke tore, stepped on a foot, open oh. floor, on a, on um, the Friday before the Sunday, so ten days before the game. Yeah, um, and and just tore it and. Mm. I sat with her in the stands on the scrimmage, and she wept that she could not be a part of Lauren's game. And she wept to start off, as you said. Lauren came to me and said, what can I do for you? How can I help you through this? And she said, I'm, I'm not only never going to play another game of college basketball, I don't get to play in Lauren's game. Mm. And... I stood there in the training room as they taped her knee up and put that brace on, and I smiled at her, and I saw her smile back, and I said, look at you. Mm, And she was giddy. And to take the floor and be a part of that, uh, they're just, like you said, there's just so many special stories, and they're all attached to how people got changed by Lauren. Um, the interview with her during the game was spectacular. Uh, loved the moment when she corrected you. Um, I think that was certainly, and, and she did it so nicely. Um, yep. Just kind of relive the moment for us. Um, well, the story that we had built on our station was billed as one last game. Yeah. And the one last game became a hashtag. And so the one last game was one of those that, started virally on Twitter, let's get Lauren to one last game. And, you know, by the time she got there, she didn't want anything to do with one last game. And she had decided in her mind, this is my first collegiate game. And uh, so (laughs) she's sitting there and I said, well, how special was one last game? And she looked and kind of, as you said, Politely correct. She said, let's not call it one last game. Let's call it my first collegiate game. Um, and so it is her first collegiate game. And they play on the road at uh, Baldwin Wallace on yep. the 21st. And uh, that's a long bus ride. Yeah. And the 21st is still a ways off. And uh, her plan is to make it on that bus ride to Baldwin Wallace. And uh, if that's what she wants, then I hope that's what she gets. Um, uh, the way that I've seen her, I'm not so sure. But like I said, I wasn't so sure about stuff before November 2nd. So we'll wait and see. And she brought some of the biggest names in the game to her to her feet, as it were. Um, yeah. Pat Summit making a surprise appearance. Some of the top stars in the WNBA. Xavier's men's basketball team uh, to their feet. Uh, several other teams as well. There was talk that LeBron James was going to be at the game. Was he, did he end up getting there? He never did make it there because okay. of what I understood was security reasons after the word got out. can understand that. Um, but the fire department giving them an escort, the community outpour, 
Uh, you mentioned the jerseys. We'll have a number 22 jersey from Ohio Wesley, and they'll be hanging behind us in our studios once it arrives. Uh, the layup for Lauren, I have been challenged, and I must do it. It will not be pretty. Uh, it <laughs> might look like yours at halftime. Um, but I was challenged by a media guy who was at the game who saw you do it. Um, th- this The outpouring has been incredible. And I hope it continues. Um, it's it's kind of what I said. How, how many times have we had any story out there that's been so galvanizing that mm-hmm. everybody in the country wants to be a part of it? And um, and why not? So I, I hope it continues. And kind of as Deb said, if if it's just about this one day and you're waiting for something else to happen, you're missing the whole point because what she's asking you to do is carry this on yourself. Yeah, certainly an incredible story, an incredible game. Uh, also, hats off to the, the broadcasting group about the game of the year, uh, every year in her honor. That's certainly a, a heck of an honor uh, for her and everybody else. And uh, I will say publicly, if help is needed, I will be there, especially for Division Three. Um, yep. I will uh, I'll also say a wonderful job on the reporting by you and your entire station and, of course, everybody else. But you guys certainly got it going, and I thank you again for letting us use the story. Uh, as always, uh, before we let you go, we give our guests the final word here on the show. Any final thoughts about Lauren? Any final thoughts about the game that you'd like to share? Or, or final thoughts in general you'd like to share with those who are tuning in? Uh, I don't know whether I'll ever be involved in a story as impactful as this one. And if, I, if I'm not, it's okay with me. I, um, I have received a ton of praise for the reporting on this. And it, it almost feels awkward. Um, I'm thrilled that I was able to tell a story that the world wants to share. I'm thrilled to be in her life, in her family's life. And I'm thrilled to be used if it's for a better purpose. So I'm glad I was in the spot I was in. That was a terrific story. And thanks again. And thanks so much for joining us. I certainly appreciate you taking the time to talk about it. We'll look forward to more about Lauren down the road as well. And, uh, Uh, Enjoy the basketball season when you get the opportunity as well. Dave, thanks much. Take care. Brad Johansson from WKRC, anchor there and reporter. Of course, broadcaster as well. We appreciate him taking the time to join us. Plenty more about Lauren Hill on future Hoopsville's, and, of course, plenty more on this show as well. We'll be back with more Hoopsville right after this. Division three allows you to be able to give yourself to other things, not even just participate in them, but really get involved with them if you want to. There's a lot of interaction. Um, it's not just sitting back, taking notes. You're actually doing hands-on things and better preparing yourself for your major. Choosing a Division three school, I've had the opportunity to develop my leadership skills and to be more involved on campus. Division three in athletics you know, affords students the opportunity not only to participate in uh, intercollegiate athletics at a competitive level, but also gives them the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport and outside of the academics on the campus. And to have opportunity to have time to join clubs and being able to play basketball, it allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. I wouldn't change it for the world. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. 
from eastern to occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. We're actually here at DeSales University. Don't forget you can interact with us via Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Email us at Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. I think I got it all taken care of. And please feel free to use those uh, social media networks interact with us. As I said, on DeSales campus with Coach Scott Cole. Coach, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Dave. Thanks for coming to DeSales. We're talking to him a little bit in the preseason. We won't tell you how much into the preseason, not so we can have a little bit of mystique about things here, but um, first and foremost, this is a program that in the Mid-Atlantic region has been one of the winningest that people don't realize this century. Um, though I think people don't realize it because last year was the first NCAA tournament bid you guys had had in four years. Was it, did it kind of get a spark back in the program to, to make it back? You know, we've had a really good run over these past uh, 10, 12, 15 years. We've won more games than any other team in our region over right. the last 10 years. And we're 10th nationally. So we've had a great, great run with some really good players. Uh, we had a great stretch where we made the Elite Eight and made the Sweet 16. And then we made a couple championship games and lost to good teams in our conference. But last year was exciting because yeah. we, we, we started off slowly. Yeah. In about January, I mean, we were just an average team. But we had a bunch of seniors, and they decided they wanted to uh, to go out well, and they did. They played great down the stretch. They played great in the tournaments. They played great in the NSA tournaments. And it was fun to see. It was fun to be part of. Could we say the spark last year might have been the trip to St. Mary's, the absolutely horrific <laughs> trip to St. Mary we talked about on the show yeah, then? That was, that was an amazing trip. You're in this business a long time. It's my 22nd year at the sales, yeah. my 28th year coaching. So we, I've never been on a trip like that. Yeah. And it was, we literally sat on 95 for maybe four or five hours. Move. Um, and we ended up going down and playing really well. Yeah. So, so much they for went. practice and, and rest <laughs> and all the stuff that coaches preach about. Right. We, it just, we just, we played really well, ended up beating a good St. Mary's team. And that certainly helped us. But we had ups and downs all the way through. Um, and we had some injuries too, and, and most teams do. But as we got to January, we started to get together and play better, and we got healthy, and, and we finished the season really strong. Another big win. First round of the NCAA tournament on yeah. Randolph-Macon's court. You beat the Yellow Jackets in a game that even when I was there the next day, you know, their coach was sitting there shaking his head going, I just, I can't, we don't have an answer. Um, that's a great atmosphere. Yeah. They were a really good team. Um, we wouldn't have done that if we didn't have the seniors that we did. We sure. had seven seniors, and our top three players were seniors. And I think to them, they've been in big games before. Maybe not at that situation or in that atmosphere, but um, we wouldn't have done it if we didn't have those kind of seniors. And our seniors were our guards. And right. so when a game got close, uh, you know, they had the ball in their hands. And uh, that was a great win for us. I'm really, really happy our kids played that well. Um, but that was our potential. I really thought going into the season we had the potential to compete at that level. We didn't really get there until later on in the season. But but because we had seniors, I think uh, they weren't phased by a whole lot by that time. Of course, ran into a buzzsaw the next night in Mary cool. Washington. Who, they played great. Yeah, went away played, from Megan Salem in, in the Final Four. But so no. They ran into a buzzsaw no. in Williams. 
but I'm sure that you, you lose the seniors, as you mentioned, but that kind of season can be a catalyst to the underclassmen and even those coming in as you recruit and such. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the momentum can still be felt as you head into the new season. Yeah, I think to a certain degree, but you know, each team is, is different. Each team, there's a different chemistry. Kids graduate. Uh, kids come in. Right. Even even last year when we had a lot of kids coming back, I mean, kids change. They, they, yeah. We hope that they get better, you know, and, and you got to develop that chemistry every year, I believe. I, I just don't think, certainly some of the traditions, the winning tradition, the pride in the program, that sort of thing stays. But I think every year is, is really different, and so we try to focus just on each year. Um, does it help us? It certainly doesn't hurt us. There's no question about that. I don't know how much, though, it's going to help us going forward. We do have some kids coming back, and I think those kids, they obviously love the experience that we had. And I think they understand that at the end of the rainbow, that might be there for them if they work hard. The conference has been interesting the last few years. Missouri Accordia has stepped up and won the conference Good. on a handful of mm -hmm. occasions. Delaware Valley has mm -hmm. certainly come into the forefront. Uh, Wilkes used to be kind of the torchbearer, fell on harder times, but they've had a changing of the guard, as it were. Mm -hmm. Uh, up there in, in Wilkes-Barre. You've had, this conference seems to be getting a little bit more competitive, kind of like its sister in the Commonwealth, but maybe flying under the radar. How do you see it maybe shaping up? I, I think there's some really good coaches in the conference, and I think those coaches are really aggressively recruiting, and you can see the programs getting better and better. Uh, a program like Delaware Valley has, they've done a great <coughs> job down there with their team. Yeah. Um, they've got some very, very talented kids. There's some talented kids coming back. Mr. Cordy's done a really good job with their program, uh, bringing in really good kids and coaching them up. Um, I, I just, I think the coaches are really good. And, and in this level, you're going to have some ups and downs. It's just the way it works. You're not dealing with scholarships. Right. Uh, I, I think it's hard to sustain something over a long period of time. But I see so many schools that are really recruiting well. Eastern is another school that yeah. does a great job recruiting. And they're light years from where they were before. Sure. So you got so many schools that I think are really going to surprise some people and are going to be really competitive and really good teams. Of course, after you floor them, women win the national championship yeah. undefeated. That can also have a ramification onto the men's side of mm -hmm. things. Those two things can mm -hmm. go hand in hand in the sense of helping another program. So. The other dichotomy, though, is you guys now move into the Atlantic region, and you almost kind of come out of what is a crowded mid-Atlantic region and move into an Atlantic region that features the, the CUNYAC, the Skyline, the NJAC primarily. Don't know if that has any major ramifications, except that maybe a little bit easier to be regionally ranked and at least be in the national conversation. Have you even thought about what that could do uh, for the program? You know, we talked about this before we went on air. Yeah. Not really. Uh, I, we, we have never mentioned to our players um, heck, we went all summer, didn't even know that we were moving until I got on <laughs> D3 Hoops and found that out. And I'm an administrator, I yeah. said. But, um, I didn't know you would admit that. <laughs> uh, well, well, there it is, it's out there. But, yeah. um, no, I, you know, it's a change for us, and it's a change for our women's team, and, you know, it's something that we like to embrace change. And if that's where we are, that's where we are, and we try to do the best we can with what we have and where we are. Uh, so I think in the long run, it, it's going to be fine for us. It's going to be interesting to... Obviously, new different schools yes. um, that you're looking at, and different schools that you're checking the results and so and forth. Comparing, yeah. Exactly, but um, you know, there's really good schools in the Atlantic region, just like there's really good schools in the Mid-Atlantic. So we're looking forward to the change, and um, I think we'll do well.
How does your uh, non-conference schedule look uh, this year going in? What, or I should say, how do you hope to take advantage of that non-conference schedule to position yourself as you head into conference play? Yeah, we, we, um, we have some pretty good games. We're going to Messiah's tournament. We play Catholic again. Uh, we're not playing St. Mary's, which would have been a good game for us, although we weren't traveling back. No, you weren't going to be here this time. No, after that trip, we're not going back there for a while. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting, especially with our young team. I do believe, though, that the goal is to try to get everything set so when you hit conference play, you're playing really well, or at least trying to play well. Um, so we'll see how it works out. I, I think we're going to have, uh, we're going to really challenge our guys, and I, I hope they respond. I think they will. When you look at how this game has evolved in Division Three, and how the, the talent has almost really kind of blossomed, you're now mm -hmm. finding good players on a lot of teams. I'm mm -hmm. sure that's changed recruiting. But what has been the biggest change from your vantage point in your 28 years of coaching? You know, I came from a Division One background, and when I got to Division Three, I really didn't know what to expect. Uh, and what I found is you had kids who were every bit as competitive as Division One guys. They may not be as strong or as big or maybe not as talented, but they wanted to win just as much as Division One guys. They really did. And that's what really attracted me to Division Three and said, this is a really good place. But over the last eight, ten years, the talent in Division Three, people have no idea how good some of these teams are. I mean, you watch Randolph Macon warm up last last year. Yeah. That doesn't look like what people would think is the Division Three team. Sure. You know? The talent in Division Three is getting better and better and better. I think there's just more players. And so not everyone go to Division One. Not everyone go to Division Two. There's not, there's only so many scholarships out there. Uh, Division Three is very, very competitive and, and it's getting better and better every year. And of course we're in a room that has a picture of one of the best players to ever play at, at this sales. Almost sometimes a diamond in the rough, but we seem to find those every year. Are you always looking for that kind of guy? Are those kind of guys the ones that kind of surprise you? And all of a sudden they come on campus yeah. and you're like, wow, I didn't think that would happen. You know, it's interesting. You're talking about Darnell Braswell, yeah. and, and he played on a team with a, with a young man who's now playing in Italy and has had a, a great pro career and will probably end up on an NBA roster at some point. So he was the second best, maybe the third best player on his high school team, and he just got under recruited. Uh, he was a little young, and so he was a little immature physically at that point, very mature emotionally and mentally, but immature physically. And he just blossomed when he got here. And you see that all over. I mean, you see that with Cabrini, you know, yeah. with some of the guys they have and, and the different schools, the different players out there. I just think um, you know, some of the scholarship schools might miss kids or kids develop at a different rate. And for someone like Darnell, who really until he was 19, 20, 21, is when he really started to become just an awesome player. When he was 17 or 18, he was overshadowed by other people in his high school. Sure. So we got a little lucky. I'm not gonna say, hey, we got a little lucky, um, but we saw a lot in him and he didn't have any scholarship offers. Well, it's going to be fascinating to see how this team rebounds off of last year. I was actually in your gym earlier, and I found it surprising for as winning as you guys have been to have that gap from 2010 to 2014 of not making the NCAA tournament. I know you're, you're back. You want to stay there. I'm, I'm fascinated mm -hmm. to see how the season uh, progresses. Give everybody kind of how you, that starting week for everybody. Well, I, I, I hope you're right. I hope we, we do want to stay there. I think that's right. It takes a lot of work. You know, I just told our kids uh, at practice yesterday, this, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Sure. 
and and it takes a lot of work and there's a lot of competition and there's a lot of other people who want to be in that position you know we had that gap but we were in two championship games during that gap we just didn't win them right. uh, so we had very successful years but we just didn't finish it to get to the NSA tournament uh, the goal obviously for all the teams especially at this point is to get to the NSA tournament so we hope that to carry some of that momentum we talked about uh, having the kids compete and when it comes to be January February to be in the mix to give ourselves a chance if you give yourself the chance enough times, you get there. And then once you get there, anything can happen. First date, first game is? November 15th. We play November 15th, and then uh, we head down to Messiah, and uh, we, we, uh, we kick it off. And then once this game start, season kind of flies by. You know, you have that break. Division three has that break over Christmas. Right. Which is really nice for the players, very nice for the coaches. Sure. Gotta be honest, <laughs> very nice for the coaches. But then once you come back from break, it's... January, February kind of yeah. fly by, and at that point you want to try to be playing well and hopefully healthy, and get to the point where you make your conference playoffs and make a run for it. Well, hopefully we'll see you back in the NCAA tournament. Thanks for joining me here to. on the opening show of Hoopsville this season. As always, we give the guest the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with final those who maybe? No, I, you know, I just think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great season. Division three is really exciting. I appreciate what you guys do for Division three. I know you have a new show coming out. Yeah. Right? And, and why Division Three? I think it's a great, great idea. Um, there's so many great stories at this level that people kind of, I'm not saying they purposely don't look at it, it's just not publicized sure. enough. Uh, we have some great kids walking around these halls and in the halls of other schools and, and that, that do amazing things on the floor, on the court, uh, on the fields, and in the classrooms and, and outside the classrooms. And I just think it's an awesome atmosphere for for young men and women, and it's a great uh, stage for them to show what they have. Uh, so I appreciate all you do, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll come back with more Hoopsville after this. Again, don't forget to join us on social media, Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville, of course, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, and, of course, email Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. More Hoopsville on the opening show of the season coming up right here after this. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. I know sports is important, but having the academic part along with it is a big plus. I've discovered in myself, you know, a, a newfound ability to overcome adversity at all different angles. At a Division three school, school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. The end result in my mind is you just become a very well-rounded person. Before I came into college, I didn't really think I'd be able to balance so much. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. With a D3 school, there's a lot of time for other opportunities. The coaches expect a lot of you during soccer, but after soccer, that's your own personal time to really find out who you are and other opportunities that you can pursue. By balancing all of my interests, basketball, my leadership skills, and academics, I'm able to better prioritize my life and to manage it.
There we go. Welcome back to Hoops Hill. A little bit of a momentary technical glitch there. Hope you're uh, enjoying the show. We thank you for tuning in here on Hoopsville. If you have any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or, of course, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. I want to thank all of our guests so far tonight. FTU Florham's women's basketball coach, Mark Mitchell, men's basketball coach at Wisconsin Whitewater, <clears throat> excuse me, Pat Miller, Brad Johansson from WKRC Local 12 in Cincinnati talking about the Lauren Hill game and our guest just now, DeSales men's basketball coach, Scott Coble. Lauren Hill's game was one of, was the first game of the entire college basketball season to tip off back on November 2nd in all divisions. We will have one more early game <clears throat> here in Division 3 featuring Coast Guard versus Hamden-Sydney at the Armed Forces Classic in Puerto Rico. It tips off tomorrow, 1 p.m. on ESPNU. And joining us from Coast, uh, from Coast Guard, of course, but from Puerto Rico on the Hoopsville Hotline is... Coast Guard men's basketball coach Kevin Jaskowitz. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Hey, Dave. Thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. Just for uh, all those concerned, we actually taped this a few days ago, but technical glitches got the best of us, so I appreciate the do-over, sir. No, no problem at all. Uh, first and foremost, how was the trip to coast, to uh, Puerto Rico? Uh, terrific. Terrific uh, terrific flight. Flew down on Southwest and got here uh we flew into San Juan and then drove up to, uh, to Aguadilla, which is where the where the air station. We're staying right on the air station here. Um, so uh, yeah, everything's going great so far, and we've had a couple of good days of practice and uh, getting ready to to get after it tomorrow. I am convinced Southwest flies everywhere because um, <laughs> I'll be taking that to the Las Vegas uh, D3Hoops.com Classic. Um, let's talk about this game. Get a chance to play on ESPNU. It's one o'clock in the hangar there on the base. Of course, you guys are staying on the base as well. It's the precursor, as it were, to the big D1 game between uh, Minnesota, who won the NIT last year, and Louisville, who won a national championship, uh, uh, national championship in 2013. Um, of course, 2013 in Atlanta, where we actually had Amherst and, and Mary Harden Baylor playing. What significance does this have for you to be part of this event that has gone through so far two of the technical five sort um, uh, defense groups, you guys, of course, under transportation, but being on a coach play, what, what does this mean for you? Well, it's just, you know, it's a terrific opportunity for our kids. You know, personally, you know, I'm extremely proud to be connected, um, connected with this, the Armed Arm, uh, Forces Classic and, um, I'm proud to be, uh, you know, the head coach of the United States Coast Guard Academy. And, um, but for our kids, it's just a terrific opportunity for them to not just, um, not just, you know, have the added bonus of playing on ESPNU, but to also be here playing at an air station, you know, um, in front of other Coast Guardsmen, and, and um, just to get that opportunity to do that, I think it's just, you know, it's just off the charts for them. Um, obviously, out there getting a chance to play at the or practice at the hangar before the game. Obviously, with a one o'clock game coming up, certainly eyes will be on you guys. You're representing, of course, Coast Guard at Coast Guard. I know that they probably are enjoying the fact that you guys are out there. Does that add any extra pressure? Or is this just a game for you guys? Um, we'd like to think. I'd like to tell my guys it's you know it's just a game, but you know certainly there's extra pre uh, extra pressure. I think there's a great buzz. The people down here at the air station have done a terrific job supporting us, um, you know, and and so there is a great buzz about 
uh, what's going on, you know, with the game and all. And and I think that will add a little bit of pressure, but I think that will go away once you know once we start going and knocking heads with the guys um, from Hampton City, then. Uh, I think that will go away. We just settle into trying to focus on the task at hand, which is, you know, taking on a really good team. Let's talk about the, how you guys are playing Hampton Sydney, a <clears throat> team you have never faced uh, in Division Three basketball, at least on the men's side. Of course, football teams have gotten together, but that's because you're, this game really is kind of the brainchild, for, for lack of a better description, of your AD who happens to be a Hampton Sydney grad. Yeah, right. Tim, yeah, Tim Fitzpatrick, our AD, came to me and, and said, "I have an idea, and I want to see if I can make it work." And uh, uh, he was able to make it work, you know, and put together it's a, and it's a you know a huge undertaking, and he was able to get it done. And, and um, you know, like I said, everything has gone off without a glitch here. The hangar is fantastic. Uh, it's really fun to be out there, you know, and um, the weather here has been absolutely beautiful. You know, eighty-seven degrees and <laughs> just fantastic, you know. Um, <clears throat> settings there so you know we're excited but yeah tim tim this was tim's idea and tim got it together and 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 then you know just did a great job of coordinating everything um you know everything uh associated with it and so we're just you know we're really thankful um to be a part of it like i said don't rub in the weather too much coach uh <laughs> there's a lot of people back here on the mainland who are not enjoying the weather yeah, that's uh, what I hear. That's I'm just I hear. warning you, you're in for a rude awakening when you come back home. <laughs> uh, you might want to stay on the base is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Um, yeah. When this, of course, you know, he the game being on ESPNU adds a whole other element to this. When you and I talked earlier in the week, you said that, you know, the media timeout thing may not be as big a challenge for you guys because you play Army every year. You get a chance to be in media in some capacity. Um, right. But it's still a big environment. Is Are you worried these the guys are going to be a little distracted? I think both. I think both teams. I don't, I don't mean to speak for, for uh, you know the Hampton City programs, but I think both. You know, both teams. I mean, everybody's grown up wanting to play on ESPN, and you got a chance to be on ESPN now. And so, I think both teams. Again, in the first five minutes, you know, you might be, um, you know, it might be a little jittery. And I think once you get to the first, you know, once you get to the first media timeout, I think that's when everybody will be able to settle in and, and go from there. But yeah, this is, you know, this is a big deal. Division three, you know, for Division three basketball, two great conferences going against each other, and so, um, so you should be, you should be a little excited, a little nervous, and ready to go. And then, like I said, I think after after that first media time, now that's when everything will settle in, and you know, you'll see some good basketball. And I assume you guys will stick around for the D one game. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. And uh, they've done a great job, like I said, with the hangar. Um, there's not a bad seat in the place, and and we'll be. Um, We'll be back and uh, taking in that game as well. All right, I'm flying out tonight. You, uh, I'll be there. I'll see you. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let's talk about the the team. Last season, you guys five and twenty overall, two and twelve in the new MAC. Certainly not the way I know you wanted the season to go. You yeah. guys are not that far removed from a, a basket being as far down a cylinder I have ever seen in my life without going in that would have clinched a Final Four berth for you guys. We're not that far removed from that history. I know you were on the bench as an assistant for that game. It's tough to recruit at Coast Guard. Let's be honest. It's not one. Of the, it's not like a regular school. But do you feel like you guys are in a position now where you can compete, especially in a very challenging new Mac? Well, yeah, I think um, you know, in terms of recruiting, it speaks for itself. I mean, it's a you know, it's a military school. It's a great school. You know, it trains you. There's a great mission and. You know, first and foremost, when when we're recruiting somebody to come to the academy, you know, we tell them tell them right up front, don't come here because 
um, you, you know, you like me, don't come here because you like our uniforms. Don't, you know, <laughs> none of those reasons. The most important thing is to become, is that you want to be, is that you believe in the Coast Guard mission and that you want to be a commissioned officer in the Coast Guard, you know, and so that, you know, that can narrow the field for us a little bit. But we have just, we have tremendous support, you know, everywhere up, up and down the academy, you know, anywhere we go in the academy, we have tremendous support. Um, and so it just, it makes things easier from there. You know, our challenge is just that the league, our league has taken off. Our, you know, yeah. the NUMAC is just, you know, four teams in the NCAA tournament, we play all of them twice. So, um, you know, automatically your strength, your strength of schedule, your RPI is is really high just, just because of the, the league that you're playing in. And so... There are challenges there, but we feel like we have everything in place to overcome those challenges, and um, you know, and, and I think uh, we'll see that you know coming this year, you'll see where we're at. We, we're in a kind of a two two year stage in terms of development. Last year, took a risk and risk and changed the offense, and you know, really with a two year kind of plan in mind, and, and I think we'll see the benefits you know of that this year. The new Mac, as you mentioned, you know, a challenge. WPI, MIT at the top of the preseason poll, both getting three first-place votes. you got Babson, Springfield, who certainly had a, a nice run to finish the season last year, make the NCAA tournament, is in the mix there. Emerson certainly had surprises last year, certainly was in the mix. Um, I'm sure you're going to go have a task with all the coaches who put you, uh, put you, you and Clark in last place. In the preseason poll, sorry, my microphone is, is failing me here today. This new Mac five years ago was not this conference. Right. That's got to. Right. That's amazing to see. How does it had or how's it forced you to adjust? Right. Well, I think first, you know, first and foremost, it's a credit to the coaches in our conference. You know, the coaches in our in all the schools that you just mentioned. They're the terrific coaches, good guys, and um, you know, and terrific coaches, and and the competition that's increased. And so, um, you know, it just forces you as a coach and you know, as a program, it forces you to, uh, you know, to work, work harder, recruit harder, and just do everything, you know, everything better. But it provides you with, you know, great circumstances. Everybody wants to play in a great conference. You want to, you want to, you want to compete night in and night out. And that's what happens, you know, with our conference. You, you got to, you know, you're, every night you're playing against a chance, you know, somebody who's, you know, got a chance to. Either crack into the top twenty-five in the country in Division Three, or, or is already there. So, you know that's great. It's, it's not hard to, you know, it's not hard to get kids up for their for their conference games. That's for sure. Um, talk about this team just a little bit more specifics. Uh, last year, um, led um, by uh, David Anderson with eleven point three points a game. He returns. Ricky Rodriguez returns eight and a half points a game. You do lose John Benedict. You do lose Devontae Weems. But you've got a nice core coming back. Tell us a little bit about your team. Yeah, I, I like the core coming back. We've got nine players, you know, who played who played significant minutes. You know, led by David um, Anderson, who's a senior, and then by Eli Sponseller, who's a uh, senior as well. Um, and that's what I like about it. The core group—they've been together. They've, you know, they've um, persevered. And I think that group, you know, you're going to see the benefits of, of that time that we've invested in terms of their development. I think you'll see that this year. You know, Ricky Rodriguez, who you mentioned, is a tough physical guy and gives us a lot of energy from there. Kevin Alvarez had a good year for us last year coming off the bench, and we'll expect, you know, more from him offensively, you know, this year. And, and uh, I like the young guys that we brought in as well. I think the freshmen uh, will contribute at some point this year. They're not really, you know, they're not there yet, but they'll, they'll get there. And I like the group. Good group of guys, tough guys, 
um, you know, competitive, love, love to, you know, love basketball, love to, love to learn about the game. You know, you can't give them enough to just keep taking, um, you know, everything, every bit of instruction you give them, they eat it up. Um, so they're just great guys and great to work with. Uh, you have two seniors on the squad, so the future is certainly bright. But I got to point out the other one because you, know, I've, you get you get players from everywhere, um, but I've never seen one from North Pole, Alaska, on anybody's <laughs> roster. I've seen some far off places, just right. not where Santa's from. Right, uh, yeah. Eli Sponseller. <laughs> how in the world does that happen? Yeah, North Pole, Alaska, and and I think it just speaks to. Yes, we have um, Eli's from North Pole, Alaska. Ricky is from from Venezuela. Yeah, um, you know via via Florida. Um, so yeah, and it, and it just shows you the broad scope of the Coast Guard in terms of it's not you know it's reached not only in the United States but but throughout the world. Recognized, the service is recognized for you know for its excellence, and I, and the school, the academy is recognized for its excellence as well. And it has that you know far reaching. Um, and, and I think a lot of the television shows that are out there now about Coast Guard, mm-hmm. you know, and the Coast Guard work. It certainly helps, you know. It certainly helps, but yeah, uh, I was just talking to somebody today uh, down here about that, and they were they were asking the same question, you know, about uh, you know Eli North Pole, Alaska, and um, it's fun, it's fun, you know, it's fun for him, and, and uh, it just basically started. The, I asked Eli about it, and it just basically started. The guy, Jared, guy just said, "Hey, let's call it North Pole, Alaska. We'll build it around Christmas, and you know, people will come and see it, and that's what they did." Yeah, well, in North Pole, Alaska to Puerto Rico, that's one heck of a uh, of a culture change. Yeah. Um, and of course, you point out Alaska is actually one of the premier places for Coast Guard um, right. uh, assignments, especially on the Aleutian chain. Not necessarily yep. North Pole, Alaska, but on right. the Aleutian chain. Coach, before I let you go, um, obviously, big season ahead. Um, you know, conference will be tough enough. You got a nice mix in the off season. But what's the point? The game tomorrow. What's the goal? Is it just to enjoy the moment, have a good time, play competitively, or is this because it's the first game of the season and could mean a lot down the road? You're going. You're going at this with with a mentality. It's even a, maybe a conference type game. Well, I think it definitely presents itself as a conference uh, type game because Hampton Sydney's so good. To be quite honest with you, you know what I mean. And that's what I tell. You know, I tell our guys in terms of pre- preparation. I'm like, look, this is this is like a conference team. This is a team that's, uh, you know, that would compete for for a conference title. So we've got to be ready. We've got to be prepared. I think. Uh, but your list, I, I would say all of the above, you know, in terms of what we're trying to get out of this. It's been a great life experience for the guys. They're going to talk about this, you know, um, just seeing, you know, uh, both Patinos, you know, Richard and Rick Patino down here, yeah. and Jay Billis and Jay Williams and Andy Katz, you know, coming <laughs> and seeing some of our practice. Great life experience for them, you know, being able to stay down here. The weather's great. Uh, we yeah, keep talking about the weather, Coach. Yeah, sorry, but we were able to get down to the beach, which is really great. The water was beautiful, and it was nice and warm. Um, but I think, you know, just all of the above, life experience, it's a building block. You know, it's a building block for us as well. You know what I mean? So um, we're looking for a lot of things. Like all the coaches are going to be, you know, on Saturday. We just happen to do it a little earlier, but everybody on Saturday is going to look, where are we at, you know, give ourselves a chance to, to measure, you know, where we're at and, and what we're looking for and how can we get better, what are the things we have to work on. All of those, you know, come into it. Um, it just happens that our game happens to be, you know, on ESPNU and, um, like I said, against, you know, against a great team. So it just adds to all to the, the first day excitement, right? But everybody's excited about opening day when, when you get, you know, when you get down to it. Everybody's excited. Everybody through the country in Division Three is excited about, you know, that first game and, and where are we at and, you know, how can we measure, how do we measure up against everybody else? Well, I appreciate you coming on. Thank, uh, good luck tomorrow. ESPNU again, 1 o'clock. 
uh, Eastern time. Uh, it'll be fun to watch you guys take on Hamden Sydney, um, and certainly fun to watch you guys compete in the new Mac. I, I, I would I would go out on a limb to say uh, you're in for a fun season. Um, uh, as always, we give the coach final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Uh, just you know, again, just how uh, how uh, happy we are to be down here, and just um, you know how great it is that uh, that you know just the Coast Guard service gets to be recognized as well. You know, tomorrow and on ESPNU as well, because um, uh, it's a, it's a great service, it's a great organization. Um, you know, the, the men and women of the Coast Guard are out there every day serving their country, uh, like the other uh, branches of the armed uh, armed forces. So. I'm just happy that, uh, you know, I'm just happy that the Coast Guard gets to be in the spotlight tomorrow as well. Absolutely. Well, congratulations, like I said, again. Good luck uh, in the game tomorrow. Good luck in the season. And I appreciate you coming on from Puerto Rico. Enjoy the weather. Uh, (laughs) One more, at least one and a half more days. Yeah, I was going to say, just wait till you get back. Uh, (laughs) And we'll look forward to chatting with you uh, down the road, Coach. Thanks very much, Dave. I appreciate it. Bye now. Take care, Coach Jaskowitz, joining us here. On the Hoopsville Hotline, we appreciate him taking the time to do that. We are going to go into overtime because we have one more guest and we'll wrap up the show. Coming up, we'll talk. Coming up, sorry, microphone's having all kinds of problems tonight. Uh, coming up, we'll talk to Hampton Sydney men's basketball coach D. Vic, and then we'll wrap up the show here on Hoopsville. You're watching Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com. National Association of Basketball Coaches. We'll have more Hoopsville uh, right after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm your host, Dave McHugh, broadcasting out of the Hoopsville studios, as you can see. If you want to interact with us, ask our guests questions, ask us questions. Don't forget, use Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can also email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Continuing our conversation about the Armed Forces Classic Game in Puerto Rico being uh, broadcast on ESPNU coming up here on Friday to tip off the season. And uh, as being in Puerto Rico, the coaches are busy, so we're pre-taping these interviews. And now uh, on the on the on the on deck, as it were, D. Vic Hamden Sydney, men's basketball coach, joins us on the Hoopsville Hotline. Coach, welcome to the show. Hey, Dave. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. I appreciate you taking the time to join me. Uh, Again, obviously you guys are going to be busy in Puerto Rico getting ready for this big game on Friday, so I appreciate you taking the time ahead of that to join us. 
this is this is an outstanding opportunity for you guys, and one that that certainly you got to help. You got to thank your alumni uh, for pulling off, as it were. Yeah, we we are we are really grateful for Tim Fitzpatrick. Uh, he's the athletic director at the Coast Guard Academy, and he he approached us about this wonderful opportunity. And our our president and our athletic director are on board, and um, we're just thrilled that it came together. This is a, a how long did you know in advance? I know this was something that wasn't necessarily well in advance in the sense that you weren't already looking for other games and other opportunities, but at the same time enough advancement that you guys could set things up. When did this kind of all come together for you? Well, it kind of came together through, um, I guess, over the last couple of years. Our um, our football team played the Coast Guard Academy. They they had a two year yeah. agreement, and our our president, uh, Dr. Howard, is a uh, he's in he was in the Air Force. Uh, he went to the Air Force Academy, and so he's um, very into the military and, and arranged that game and took Hampton Sydney up to Connecticut to play those guys and got to know Tim and. Tim um, told us this opportunity might present itself, but we didn't know for sure until, you know, early this past summer. And um, fortunately, we still had a available date, and it worked out. It certainly did. Getting to play the game a day early from the start of the season, one of two early games in Division Three this year. Uh, obviously, the game will be on ESPNU as well. That brings in some limelight. You guys certainly enjoy a bit of the spotlight when you play in the ODAC for, for starters. But this is a little bit different. ESPNU, you certainly will get a little bit of uh, some notoriety out of this. Uh, how the guys reacted to that fact? Yeah, they're excited. They really are. I mean, we, we, we have not played on national TV before, uh, so this is this is a first. And um, our entire school and our whole alumni are excited about this opportunity. And um, they're all going out and getting their uh, haircuts this week, I'm sure. They want to look good on TV, and uh, hopefully we'll – will represent the college well down there. Coaching staff getting their haircuts as well? <laughs> the two single guys. <laughs> I was going to say, make sure the suits are pressed as well, make sure everything looks clean, right? Um, something you guys aren't used to, there'll be some uh, media timeouts thrown in there as well. We talked to Coach Jatskowitz about how they're preparing for that. How are you guys preparing for the fact that you'll have a little bit of a different timeout uh, set up, having a little few extra timeouts thrown in there every half? Thanks to the media. How are you getting the team prepared for that? Because I ask that because when we get to March and teams are in the postseason, that's always something people are having to adjust to. Well, it is. And, and you know, Hampton Sydney basketball has strong tradition. And through the years, we've been a team that's pressed and played, mm-hmm. really played up tempo. So we have, um, we have not been a big fan of the media timeouts, whether it be <laughs> for radio or TV, because we want to get into people's bench and, sure. and, and use our depth to our advantage. But on this team, our team is really young, and so we'll, we'll enjoy these timeouts. More opportunities to talk to them and you know, tell them where we're not doing things the right way and where we need to improve. So I'm looking forward to having a little extra time. Also gives you a chance to maybe even shorten the bench, as it were, kind of stick with guys who are working out. Absolutely. Um, of course, you, you talk about the team. We'll talk about them in just a minute. You're going to Puerto Rico. You're going to be on the base there. Yeah, there's a lot that goes with that. Louisville's going to be there with Minnesota. Certainly a chance to see those guys in action as well. What What are you guys looking to highlight outside of the game? Well, outside of the game, we, we do look forward to touring the uh, Brinkin base there and um, you know just getting a flavor of, of the Puerto Rican culture down there and, and, and maybe take in their cuisine one night and um, you know just enjoy this opportunity to go down there and learn more about um, the island and um, you know, just expose the guys to different things. Uh, let's talk about the team. Uh, obviously, last year you guys had a, an up-and-down season. The ODAC beat you up a little bit, but you end up in the championship game. 
in a thriller against Randolph-Macon, um, which, by the way, you win. There have been a bunch of pool C bubbles popping left and right that people were not happy about. Um, <laughs> so you guys you know, certainly make an, a nice run to finish the season, um, but unfortunately it's 16-13 and 13 overall. Your big guy, Kobe uh, Williamson, the center, who played incredibly well in that ODAC tournament, uh, is the guy you lose. He's the big one. But Mike Murray comes back. Greg Lewis, um, uh, Javante Reddick. You certainly have a lot of guys behind him who contributed. But how imp- how big is losing Kobe going to really be? Well, we certainly – you're not going to replace him with one player. We're going to have to do it by committee. Um, we're, we're already feeling his loss a little <laughs> bit because our we're, we're not scoring the ball consistently um, in the post right now. We do have some really good young post players, but they're a little thin and little – you know they need to they, they need to gain valuable experience and and we're certainly going to throw them right in the fire and uh, they they're going to grow up quickly we hope and if they do then we can have some success this year but our backcourt does return a lot of uh, experience and so I feel comfortable with our backcourt but our front court is uh, unproven. Yeah, well, and defensively he was a major impact as well and a block and a half a game, but that doesn't tell about how good a defender he was down there in the paint. Yeah, he he you know he really came on he his best three games of his career were his last three games, and it was really neat to see it all come together um, in the in the uh, semifinal game or uh, the quarterfinal game against Eastern Mennonite. I mean, he 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 played the best game of his career and was unstoppable. Um, he, I don't, I'm not sure if you knew this, but he uh, signed to play uh, over mm-hmm. in Germany, and he's our first professional basketball player from the program. So we're really happy for Kobe. Yeah, it's certainly, and actually, I, I saw the interview you guys did on Media Day talking about that fact. And unfortunately, uh, lost his season due to an injury. I'm sure he'll come back and and maybe do well. But it, it is great to see that he got that opportunity. And certainly for Hamden Sydney, you've had a, quite a few good players come through there. Uh, to see him be your first to go overseas and play is certainly a tip of the hat. But you talk about this team being young. You look at the roster; it is young. You're in a very difficult conference. How do you how do you prepare this team for what I would say is the inevitable? <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 going to be challenging, and we're trying to make practices extremely tough every day. Uh, we've we've scheduled a couple. We had a, a really tough uh, scrimmage against Marymount University, and then we just played an exhibition game against a Division One opponent here in Farmville and Longwood University. Uh, they they sold their building out. It was a crosstown mm. rival, so it was a good good chance to get in there and, and and play against you know a little bit higher level athletes, which. You know, it was a great preparation for the days when you play the Mennonites and the Macons and the Virginia Wesleyans. So we're, we're trying to do everything we can to prepare our guys um, so, so that they can, um, you know, feel comfortable competing in those type of environments. The rest of the, co- the, rest of the conference coaches think you guys are middle of the pack, maybe a little bit better than last year, at least finishing fifth. Uh, but this is a tough conference. Randolph-Macon, everyone thinks he's going to win it. Virginia Wesleyan is always there in the hunt. Eastern Mennonite seems to ha- be having a resurgence maybe for this year. Guilford in the hunt. Roanoke, you know, Coach Moyer's got his team seemingly on a surge here. Lynchburg has revealed itself. Randolph, I mean, I'm already at eight, and we keep talking about the fact that Washington Lee, Bridgewater, Shenandoah, and Emory Henry can n- knock off anybody on any night. Absolutely. This conference has really grown in the last few years, gotten much more difficult, certainly far deeper. That's had its pluses. You've had more teams in the NCAA tournament as a result. It's had its minuses because you guys beat each other up and maybe lose a couple bids as a result. What's it like to compete in this conference? Well, it's a, it's a complete grind. And I, I we had our alumni game this weekend, and I got a lot of the old guys back to play. And we 
sat around and talked for a while. And it's, you know, I tell them the truth. I mean, when I played here in 1994, um, you know, we had some good teams and made some nice NCAA tournament runs. And if I were coming out today, I, I'm not. I, I don't think I would play at Hampton Sydney. I mean, the, 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 the league has um, improved vastly. I yeah. mean, the, the 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 coaches, the facilities, the um, the talent, the strength, the athleticism, and it's just it's just gotten a lot better. So every single night out, it's a it's a challenge for sure. You looking at your schedule, you obviously Coast Guard to start. You got North Carolina Wesleyan and Mary Washington coming up on the final side uh, or on the first full weekend next weekend for you. Uh, then you get into conference play. Then you take a bit of a break. You got a, a, a mixed bag. You've got Kane. You got Wartburg. You got Husson. Of course, we'll see you. Uh, at the D3Hoops.com Classic when you face off against uh, um, Wartburg and Husson. Uh, you get, you throw in a UC Irvine game just to prove you went all the way to the West Coast. Uh, <laughs> then you come back and take on William P. So you got a bit of a mixed bag with your, with your out-of-conference this season. We do, and I tell you, Hampton Sydney. You know, one of the one of the strongest attributes of the college is our alumni network, and and it's evident in our schedule. Getting a chance to play the Coast Guard Academy in Puerto Rico yeah. is pretty special. But going out to Cal Irvine, uh, Russell Turner is their head coach. Uh, he's our all-time leading scorer. He's a Hall of Fame member. Coached at Wake Forest, Stanford. Coached with the Golden State Warriors, and now he's the head coach at Cal Irvine. Invited us out there. Um, gave us a pretty significant guarantee to come out there. He's got three seven-footers. He's got one kid that's seven-foot-six. Mm. So we talked about preparing our guys for the league, and that, that will certainly help. <laughs> I was going to say, you need Kobe this year, or you needed this game last year, because that would have been an interesting matchup with him. It really would have been. I tease Russell all the time. Two years ago, we went to the NCAA tournament, and, and you know, we had Harrison George and Kobe Williams yep. starting at the four and five. He wouldn't, he wouldn't take my calls when I was requesting a game that year. <laughs> we graduate those guys, and then I get a phone call yeah. from him. But it's strategy, we'll coach. It yeah, it's all about strategy, uh, knowing <laughs> your opponent. Uh, by the way, your Husson opponent, I will drive by their campus right before that uh, Vegas game, maybe even fly out to Vegas with them if you need any uh, uh, dis. Uh, disinformation sent their way. Let me know. I'll try and try and do my best. Definitely um, counting on you for a scouting report on that yeah, one. Oh well, no guarantees. I will have seen them <laughs> yet either. Um, so again, big game against Coast Guard coming up on the 14th. You start your season early. You guys will go out there. We're obviously taping this ahead of time. Practice is in the hangar. You get to see the big D1 game as well. Um, I, I guess the. I asked this to Coach Jatskowitz as well. Is this a kind of game that you, you realize, hey, this can mean a lot for us come February? Or is this, hey, hey, let's enjoy the experience. It's our first game out the door. It's a little bit different than we're normally used to. Let's just make sure we execute and do what we need to do. Almost, I don't want to d- diminish it, but almost treat it like an exhibition. No, no, this is this is a really important game. I mean, we're obviously honored <laughs> to be a part of this um, Armed Forces Classic, a chance to honor um, the service academies, um, but but we're going down there. It's a business trip for us. We, yeah. we, we're going down there to um, to get better and to play well, and um, it's a big game. Well, it certainly is impressive that the, you guys get this opportunity. Uh, it's nice to see that you know, they rotate all the uh, all the um, military branches. They're including Coast Guard in it. That's nice. Certainly nice to have a connection at Coast Guard to get you guys into the game. Um, I know you guys will look forward to it. So I certainly appreciate you coming on and talking about it. Good luck this season. Where did you think you'll finish in the ODAC since since technically, you know, you couldn't vote that way? 
Yeah, good question. Uh, we don't we don't put a lot of stock in the preseason polls. I, actually, sure. Dave, I was a little surprised at how high we were picked, to be honest with you, because not <laughs> only did we lose four seniors, yeah. we had we lost three or four other kids for different reasons, injuries. We had a kid transfer out, so um, you know we're, we're going to rely on a lot of new players. I think it was a real sign of a lot of respect for our recruiting class, sure. and we did get a nice Division One transfer from uh, NJIT uh, from Williamsburg, Virginia, named Jake Duncan, who who is a, a starter right now. And, um, you know, so so who knows where we'll end up. But we're excited about it, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Well, it'll be fun to watch you guys on Friday. It'll be fun to watch you guys in Vegas at the D3Hoops.com Classic. It will also be fun to watch you guys get into the ODAC Conference as well. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. I certainly appreciate you coming on the show. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Yeah, just thank you so much for all the coverage you give to Division Three. This Armed Forces Classic is great for the for the Division Three level, and uh, we we understand that we're going out to represent not just our our team, our program, our college, but this is for all the Division Three schools, and we hope to show well and represent the group in the right way. Well, very good. We certainly look forward to watching. As I mentioned, sorry, I would love to be out there, but uh, it's just a little difficult to get myself to Puerto Rico. But thanks so much for coming on the show. Certainly appreciate it, and good luck. Thank you so much, Dave. Take care. Thank you. DVEC from Hamden, Sydney, joining us here talking about the Armed Forces Classic. We'll be have much more Hoopsville when we come back again on Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email at Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. More Hoopsville right after this, presented by the NABC and D3Hoops.com. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum. It's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. I know sports is important, but having the academic part along with it is a big plus. I've discovered in myself you know, a newfound ability to overcome adversity at all different angles. At a Division III school, school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. The end result, in my mind, is you just become a very well-rounded person. Before I came into college, I didn't really think I'd be able to balance so much. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. With a D3 school, there's a lot of time for other opportunities. The coaches expect a lot of you during soccer, but after soccer, that's your own personal time to really find out who you are and other opportunities that you can pursue. By balancing all of my interests, basketball, my leadership skills, and academics, I'm able to better prioritize my life and to manage it. And welcome back to Hoopsville, the season finale. We are wrapping up the show here from the Hoopsville studios in the greater Baltimore area. I want to thank all of our guests who have been on the show here today. They include D. Vic, who we just heard from Hamden, Sydney. Of course, Kevin Jaskowitz from Coast Guard. Both teams getting ready for the Armed Forces game coming up here um, tomorrow on ESPNU at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Set your DVRs at best. Or at worst, I should say. Um, also want to thank uh, Brad Johansson to talking about the Lauren Hill game. Of course, that was the game back uh, at the beginning of November. Lauren Hill still with us. Maybe she can get to that game at Baldwin-Wallace. That would certainly be awesome for everybody in, uh, involved. Don't forget the Lauren Hill um, efforts. Um, still fundraising going. In fact, I think the... the um, 
the um, the bidding for the jerseys goes through the 17th of November. Um, I am actually looking that up now uh, to double check that for everybody. Um, we'll get there in some capacity here. Um, by the way, she was featured on a Wheaties box. Uh, she was featured on EA Sports' NBA 15. I mean, just outstanding. The, the, the U.S. Basketball Writers Association giving her the award with for Pat Summit. I mean, the, the steps that have gone through have been absolutely incredible, and we want to uh, certainly congratulate her and everybody else uh, involved. Um we will continue to to look for this. It's I know it's somewhere. I just can't remember the address off the top of my head. Um, but uh, thank Brad for coming on the show. What I was trying to get at was basically we're going to be putting an Ohio Wesleyan jersey number twenty two signed by Lauren in our studios. We went and purchased that on that bidding site, um, and we are more than happy to have done that. Um, Speaking of that, by the way, we're still decorating this studio. If you have ideas that you'd like to decorate the studio, please send them our way. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Contact us on Twitter at d3hoopsville or on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Um, we uh, want to also thank, uh, of course, other guests, uh, Scott Coble from DeSales. also want to thank uh, the uh, two preseason number ones, Wisconsin Whitewaters, Pat Miller, and FDU Florham's Mark Mitchell for coming on the show. Give me a lot to talk about. Let's give you an idea of what's ahead on Hoopsville this season. Again, a reminder, we are on once a week for the first few months of the season. Don't want to even try and compete with football. Obviously, my mind is split between basketball and football as well in Division III. Uh, we'll be tied up with that. I also have the YD3 show. So every Thursday, except for Thanksgiving, up until right before Christmas, sometimes we do a show or we think about doing a show from Salem uh, when we're down there for the Gallardi and Stag Bowl, I think we're probably going to skip that. So we're probably going to get about four or five shows in here uh, before the Christmas holiday. We'll then do some vignettes at the D3Hoops.com Classic in Las Vegas. And then when we come back, looking like the first Sunday of January is probably when we will get back on the air. And it's every Sunday and Thursday for the rest of the season from there on in. Um, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern occasionally. We're in every, overtime, obviously, right now as well, but that's how we will do it. And, 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 remember last year we did a huge fundraiser for this show. I want to thank everybody for that. The money has been used to upgrade the studios. We'll be fixing them. Fixing the mics we thought had been fixed. We, we actually, actually have another camera that died on us tonight, but we will get that up and running. Uh, we have other capabilities. Speaking of which, we will have a guest in studio most likely next week sitting over here, Jeff Burns, the athletics director from uh, Randolph-Macon, who is the men's basketball committee chair. Those are part of the upgrades. We also have uh, traveling and doing stuff. That's also helped the YD3 show do the exact same thing. So that money went to good places. It's allowing us to travel. We will do at least one trip this year. We're still working out details. I'm looking to take advantage of a weekend. It's about about time as I can do uh, unless I take the show on the road as well, which is certainly possible. We might do that. Looking at sometime in, in January, maybe taking advantage of some time that I've got free to go and do a nice road trip and go see some a bunch of games. Still working on the details of that. We also might make it a surprise. Where am, where am I headed type deal. Might be a little fun to do that. But we will make at least one trip this year. 
And the other thing too is we may be doing another fundraiser this year, a little bit less money, but basically just to keep being able to do things. Um, but no matter what, we will do another 12-hour marathon show. You heard it here first. We will do another 12-hour marathon show. It went so well last time. We want to do it again. We thought it featured Division Three very well. We're looking for a date in January that we will do that. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, let's see here. Real quick, I found the link for the Lauren Hill jerseys. Um, right now, there are still 260-some-odd jerseys available. Come on, people. 260 jerseys still available. 248 have been signed by Lauren herself. These are across... These are high school, Division Three, Division Two, Division One, Pro, everything jerseys. Please, if you want to give back to this effort, this is a wonderful way to do it. Um, for example, there's some jerseys that they've got a price of $750. There's one bid for the University of Maine jersey right now at $335. Just a random page I'm on. Um, it's incredible bids on the Marymount jersey at $205. That's awesome. So, people, you know, make a donation. We'll, again, you'll see the Ohio Wesleyan jersey as soon as we receive it hanging behind us as well. That's going to do it for us on this opening show. If you have questions for us, have guest ideas, whatever the case may be, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or use the hash, or I should say at D3Hoopsville, use the hashtag Hoopsville or email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Facebook us at facebook.com slash hoopsville as well. Uh, again, we'll be back on the air next Thursday. November 20th, on the air at 7 o'clock. We will have an interview with Gary Stewart, men's basketball at Steven, men's basketball coach at Stevenson University, as we get ready to host the third annual Hoopsville Classic. It's an awesome event with some great teams coming this year. We want to make sure you know more about it. Gary will be here to talk about it. Speaking of that, that's why Jeff Burns will be there, because Randolph-Macon is taking place. The plan is right now for Jeff to be in studio with us. If that falls apart, we'll at least get him on the telephone. But he will most likely be with us in studio to answer your questions and talk about the upcoming year as a committee chair. And plus, other guests we don't know right now. At some point, we also hope to get Dave Martin, the women's basketball chair, on the show in the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, that should do it for now. Again, decorate our studio. Let us know. Have guest ideas. Let us know. Let us know what you think of the show as well. You've been listening to Hoops, presented by D3Hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. Thank you so much for tuning in. We certainly appreciate your support here of the show. We're off to another roaring start for the 2014-15 season. Thank you to all my guests for coming on the show. Certainly appreciate them taking the time to do so. We are on the air now, and we are ready to tip off the season, which officially starts on Saturday, but has started already with the Lauren Hill game. We'll get one more game in tomorrow on ESPNU, and then we're off to the races. Certainly looking forward to the new season. Looking to see who we will crown champion in uh, Calvin for the women at uh, at their gym and of course at Salem for the men. You've been listening to Hoops Hope. Presented by D3Hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. Thanks for tuning in to the season debut and we will see you later here on Hoopsville.